Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, Gardenia. Good morning, Gardenia. We have a bit of a special show planned for you today. With my apologies for having missed the Monday episode yesterday, and thank you to those who filled in and made that wonderful episode possible without me. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we got an interesting weekend, Joey and myself, and the members of the Mississippi Libertarian Party in Tunica, Mississippi, along with a number of people of the Libertarian Party activism community from well outside that area. We even had Ken Molman until yesterday, acting chair of the Libertarian Party, now replaced by interim chair, Whitney Bilyeu. And I had the great honor of sitting down with Ken Molman, who I suppose is back to his normal positions, prior position as vice chair of the Libertarian Party National. And we had a chance to talk Saturday night in a way that uh, I think, I wish I could have spoken to everybody in our party and in, 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 in the movement. In, in, in America, at least if not the world, as to the reality of those of us who are fighting for your freedom what we are up against. What are they doing to stop us from being affected? It's not a fun subject, a light subject. And today's episode consists of nothing but Wikipedia links for such a controversial subject, as you'll see why. We go to that indisputable source of information, Wikipedia. Yes, I know. We will be checking sources cited, not simply trusting the editors of Wikipedia without question, because one of the themes of this episode, of course, is not trusting people. And uh, I, I have always thought it a deep personal flaw of mine that, that I had I, I had embraced, perhaps, that I was always too trusting, that I would give people the benefit of the doubt, that I would never deny someone due process based on a hunch. But now we find ourselves in a position where it is necessary that we judge government. High time, perhaps. And that due process requires, dictates an examination of the evidence, a hearing of all cases from all angles, an examination of possibilities before determining that this one must be the reality that we face. And so with government on trial, the integrity of government on trial. I know some of you are already laughing, but for the benefit of those in the room who are not, because they don't get it, because they, and I am, I am continuously shocked to find out how many serious activists have not even heard of COINTELPRO. 
It is something that is deliberately kept from the activism community because it succeeds by deception more than anything else. So today, we have a few serious articles we're going to get into from Wikipedia. We're going to make sure that anybody who listens to this episode is educated and informed as to who the real enemy is. Because yeah, as, as libertarians, we often like to say, well, we're for freedom. We want to be ungoverned, like John McAfee, who just died mysteriously in a way that they're claiming is suicide in a Spanish jail sale. The way that McAfee would say, let us become ungovernable. We are not against the institution of government. We are not against organization. We are not against people coming together in peace and love and harmony and freedom. No, we are against specifically that brings us all together is the unethical, coercive, violent nature of government which to anyone who makes any significant study seems baked into its DNA. So the idea of whether or not we look at government as the enemy seems to be missing the point. The question is, is government transformable? Is this element of its DNA something that can be re-engineered? Is it something worth salvaging, worth changing. And of course, I personally, I am, I am, I think as all libertarians, if I may speak for those who never let anyone speak for all of us. <laughs> as libertarians, we all want a voluntary society. We all want freedom. We all want a world in which all human relationships are free of force, fraud, and aggression. In other words, a, a good world, a just world, an ethical world. And so when we look at government, suddenly becomes quite a fair debate. Do we, if, if, if this thing that we call government, if we recognize it for what it is, an institution whose function, whose purpose, despite what they may tell you, look at its actions, not its deeds, its purpose is to keep the rich getting richer, the expense of the rest of us. And to those ends, they are willing to lie cheat, steal, murder en masse. And we wring our hands over, well, what is the nature of government? What is, I, I don't care. I don't care if in the voluntary world that we are fighting for, you end up with your version of government and I end up with mine, as long as they're voluntary. As long as those who call themselves anarchists can go live off on their own without that organization of government if they want, or with whatever voluntary form they're able to organize. It sounds like a beautiful vision to me. So what is it that we can unite against for far too long? We, the people of the world, living under modern bureaucratic, democratic governments, for far too long, we have suffered we have fallen for their tactics, 
of divide and conquer, indisputable throughout human history. When people have sought to unite against great evil, that great evil, evil has sought, that great evil of, of governance, of government, of power, has sought to keep them divided and conquered and subdued and submissive and unquestioning. Well, today, as we have identified that the real enemy is not government itself, it's not the bureaucrats, the buildings, the people, the rules and regulations. No, it is something deeper. We can identify it abstractly, government, the evil, as the manifestation of all of humanity's worst desires to control and dominate our fellow human beings. We can describe it as the manifestation of all of our fears and insecurities, all of that which is not strong, all of that which is weak and unhealthy and putrid and rotten in the human psyche. That evil side of all of us that was described by Solzhenitsyn is the line between good and evil runs through every human heart. We have let the demons run free. We have let the evil of our hearts be manifest through modern bureaucratic governments as war. It's the drug war. As the surveillance state. As the police state. As corporatism. As all of these violent and even unnecessary evils to serve the purpose of government of the rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. So today, we will take one critical step in identifying the enemy that we can unite around. Because there is an element of violent deception and government that is the linchpin to the success of the modern evil empire. It is the subversion of those who see this, of those who wish to do something about it. For those of you not familiar with my recent history, yes, we were visited by the FBI here in Gardenia just a few weeks ago, and that is not an insignificant part of my motivation for doing today's show, as since then, I have been trying to reach them. I have been trying to no avail. I went so far as to tweet about it, as to write about it, to speak about it. I went so far as to go on international television even. I thought RT International. And I told them, I said, look, I have, I have and you can see this. It's my pinned tweet right now, twitter.com slash Adam Kokrich. You can go and watch this video. I was invited to be on RT International to talk about the death of my friend John McAfee. And they wanted me to wax sentimental. They wanted me to tell stories about John McAfee. What a man he was. 
the only way I could describe what a man John McAfee truly was is to point out that he was a man deemed worthy of murder by the United States government, by those forces who would rather him not come back and testify with the spotlight and the stage of a trial in the United States for tax evasion because he didn't give them his money because he would not submit to the theft because he believed that taxation is theft because he was too dangerous to allow to live. They murdered him in a Spanish jail cell. There's no fucking way John McAfee killed himself. I don't need to say sorry, not sorry for that. That's the undeniable truth. And they want you to believe John McAfee killed himself in a Spanish prison because, well, they don't even want to tell you why. They want you to speculate. They want you to assume because he, he had just lost his extradition here into the United States for tax evasion charges. He had lost one hearing. He had an appeal. But he's, I, I mean, I, I, you could go back to this. Even, even of the, the, the circumstances. John McAfee spoke to his wife Janice the day he committed suicide. And his last words to her were, I love you. I'll talk to you this evening. The way the story came out about John's death, it seemed as if it had been prepared in advance. Certainly according to his wife, who was eager to point that out. John McAvee had nothing he was ashamed of. He wasn't diddling little boys or stealing from the church or any, any any crazy type of thing that Epstein was accused of. They told us John McAfee had a suicide note in his pocket when he killed himself. Really? Where the fuck is it? Show me. Show me. Show us. Why not? Oh, oh no, that's 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 part of evidence. What did John John wrote something so dangerous and threatening in a suicide note? What was it? The key to his dead man switch that releases 31 plus terabytes of information on government corruption? Is that what you're really afraid of? Is that is that why you had to kill John McAfee? It wasn't enough that he said he wasn't going to do it. It wasn't that he, had, he got a tattooed on his freaking arm, whacked, and said publicly, if you see me dead in a jail cell, you will know that I did not commit suicide. I was John McAfee was a fighter. He said that he had no reason to stop fighting. He would have gladly, like Erwin Schiff, given his dying breath in U.S. government custody to say that he fought to the very end for what he believed to be right. So today's episode is dedicated to John McAfee. May he rest in peace. To all the other victims of COINTELPRO, government subversion, to everyone else 
who has suffered because they tried to do the right thing. Because they decided it would be better to stand up to evil and be struck down than to cower. And with that, today we also have joining us in the co-host chair, Steve Remus, who's going to fill us in as he always does on what's going on with the LP drama. We have some critical updates with the new interim chair. Uh, we also have, of course, uh, comment Jim Freedom, now executive producer Jim Freedom, in the uh, producer's chair. And joining us uh, later on in the show today, we have a guest coming to us from California. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kelly is going to be joining us at the top of the hour to talk about his race. And with that, Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on? Hey, I like your shirt, man. That's a really cool looking shirt. I like that. And about that. It's almost like Freedom <laughs> has an official uniform. Nice. <laughs> That's what's up. So everybody, if you want to learn about this show, if you want to follow along, if you're fast enough or if you're watching on your phone and you can look over at your laptop, you want to pull up the links and follow along with this COINTELPRO education you're about to get, you can find those links at t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's the public telegram channel that we welcome everybody to, no matter if you're watching this live or afterwards. We want as many people in that channel as we can. Anyone that's interested with any information about what's going on with the show, that's where you can find it. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. We have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man shows you the different ways you can support the show. It's one, five, 10, even a $50 a month package. $10 a month will get you access to what we call the private producers club, which is where we share all the links. We have a good time. We talk shit back and forth. Uh, it's a good time. So definitely look into that. You can also join the private producers club by winning a, a comment contest, uh, which you may find out about later today. Next sleep. We got homefrontbattlebuddies.com, outstanding veterans nonprofit organization where all of your donations are tax deductible. So definitely visit the website, homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Give it a look, give it a scan, and remember all donations tax deductible. Next, we go to Instagram. At the Garden of Freedom is your handle to see all the pictures and videos of life up there in Gardenia. Uh, they probably got some really cool pictures of all the rain they just had. They haven't had a time to upload them yet. You got silhouette pictures of their kitties. All kinds of great pictures and videos at the Garden of Freedom on Instagram. So check that out and stimulate your eyeballs with some awesomeness. Next, we go to the Crypto6.com. This is the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. You may have heard us mention it, I don't know, once or twice. Uh, but this is the website where you can go to look and scan the QR codes to send them cryptocurrencies to help with legal fees or write to the Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage. Let them know you support them and uh, you know, you're looking forward to him getting out and being vindicated over this whole situation. Lastly, we're going to gogreenenergyonline.com. It's the website we send everybody to run by Mr. Nygaard. Great informational resource for anybody that's looking to learn more about solar power micro wind power, zero energy homes. If you're looking to do it yourself and you want to educate yourself beforehand, which is a very intelligent idea, do it at gogreenenergyonline.com. That's all I got. Thank you very much. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy the show. Love y'all. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jim. Let's get our co-host Steve up on stage here. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Remus joins us also from Arizona. How are you doing this morning? I am greatly concerned 
for our well-being. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, man, the news yesterday was wild. You know, we're going to get our text messages. At least they're telling us they're going to do it now, right? Like, at least it's not hidden anymore. They're just going to spy on our private messages, and it'll be a great time. It'll be a great time. Yeah, for obviously, we're going to catch up on headlines tomorrow, yeah. Steve, and do a, do a very headline-heavy show since – Yesterday, uh, I hope you all had fun filling in for me as we were uh, driving back from Vegas. It was very, I mean, I, I, if I may sidebar rant on this, because this grinds my gears that we live in a socialist, communist, fascist country, what do we call it, statomasochistic. Um, and for those of you tune in for the first time, I will say this every time, socialism, common ownership of, 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 uh, of property, we fought plenty of that in the United States. Communism, we got every single plank of the Communist Manifesto, at least partially, if not fully, in effect at the federal government here in the United States. Mussolini defined fascism as the merging of corporations and the state. If you don't think we live in a corporatist system, I don't know what to tell you at this point. And you know, how, how do you, how, well, what do you call all this? Imperialist. There's no, we, we are citizens of the empire. We are the privileged citizens of a crumbling empire that is coming to its end. Every empire follows an arc and the United States is no different. So let's acknowledge this reality and maybe we can do something about shitty airline experiences. It's one place that might be able to connect with you, the average listener, because I don't know, is anybody still flying? The, the airports are... Not quite what they used to be as bustling hubs of transportation, but even just yesterday, it feels like a crumbling communist economy in, in the airport. Uh, it, it, they, they don't have enough staff to maintain basic functions. Uh, they have, you know what I'm talking about here? Have you seen this? And yeah. in, 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 I, as much as I am a health and fitness nut, I must admit to my one big fast food indulgence in order to tell this next point. <laughs> I, I love Burger King uh, Impossible Whoppers, the, the veggie burgers at Burger King. They're great. Better than meat. Better than meat. That being said, it's fucking Burger King. And as we've been going by the Burger King, even just 40 minutes south of Gardenia here, Chino Valley, Arizona. Pretty rural town. Shortages. Every time we go by, there's some sign, and it's an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. They print it out from their little offices. You seen this? Yeah, it's, it's all Seems over. Fast food leader too. It's all over. Look, it's all over. Like, I think I think the only place I've gone to lately that there wasn't a sign of a shortage of some sort was Chick Fil A. <laughs> Well, now, now, so Burger King is at, you know, mozzarella stick shortages, bread, uh, coffee and tea. But the latest one, due to a shortage of staff, we will be closing early from now on. What? 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 If you don't stop and ask why things suck. And you don't stop and realize that they suck because someone is getting rich fucking you over. They will continue to get suckier and suckier and suckier. Uh, yeah, we're on YouTube. I guess I can say shittier. Uh, but, Steve, 
this is something that has come to be an undeniable part of the texture of American life now. Yeah. You can ignore this. At least a lot of people could ignore this and deny this up until now. But holy fucking shit. We, America can't do fast food because of supply chain issues and labor shortages. Yeah. What's this? Ah, yes, Jim Freedom. Did you see the Burger King that had all the employees quit and write, we quit on the bug, big public board? Yeah, yeah, I saw that story yesterday. But, Steve, let's do it. Before we get into uh, yeah, yeah. you know, my conversation with Ken Molman and, <clears throat> and the, the story with Whitney Bilyeu, real quick catch-up, since it's been, it's been five days now since I've done the news for Adam versus the man. I keep up with the news even when I'm not on the air, of course. Um, there, there are a few disturbing things today, but you wanted to point out the, cell, the the text messaging story. What's the most disturbing part about that? Well, so it's it's clearly your our government. I'm going to say our government uh, or your government, however you want to approach this. Your government um, is now is now work is now going to attempt to work with cell phone providers and big tech to uh, combat uh, disinformation or misinformation via private text messages and social media messages. Now, as a, as I, a I gotta, hold on, Steve, I got, I got to interject. I, gotta say, I did not see that coming. I, I mean, not that I, I've already assumed that they read our text messages yeah, and, I mean, and by they, I mean the NSA. Right. So the NSA that has the big data ports, the access to everything, the back doors into every single device in the world that's that's registered with the main system. Right. Everything that's on every cell phone that, that's on a, a, a mainstream cell carrier. Uh, they've got everything. The question is, what are they excuse me, what are they reading and how are they using and how are they able to? And one of the things I like to think about with that is that the NS, there, there's a certain limit. To what they can get away with right they can't charge you for say uh conspiracy to sell drugs because we, with the cell phone text message because in order to do that they would have to admit that the nsa is still collecting and reading your text right. messages and somehow put that in front of a judge in a public court where you would at least have some semblance of being able to challenge it they'd have to kind of come out with that What's scary to me about this, and you're a little more familiar with the details of the legality of this story, it seems like now, well, hey, we're reading all text messages in order to, to screen for medical misinformation. Where is that going? Who is getting to address that? How can that leak out? And at this, oh, well, don't worry. We've got a black box that just, you know, trigger words. And, and then, then we have a black room where people come in and, and they read these and they don't tell anybody if they see anything that isn't exactly medical. And, and even then you're like, well, who the fuck are you to tell me what I'm saying is medical misinformation or not? They're telling doctors that what they're telling me for reading for, for being more correct than the CDC, literally, for being a week ahead of them. You remember this from last year's episode. I said something about lockdowns and masks, 
that was contrary to this to the WHO. Sorry, not the CDC. It was the WHO in this case. And a week later, they announced that I they didn't announce that Adam. Oh, by the way, Adam Kokesh was right. No, they didn't come out and say that. But they changed their policy to be exactly what I was saying a week earlier. And at the time they changed it, I was still censored on YouTube as a result of having said it. So this leaking out that now now it's okay to use your private communications <laughs> for everything else am, am i getting anything wrong about this any other implications no, to you no because because now like uh it's it's pretty clear that they they just instead of like trying to maneuver in the background behind us they just set it right to our face and there are millions of people in this country that are okay with it and you just have to wonder, you know, what, what's, what's actually next? If, if, the, if they're just going to start admitting this stuff to our face, knowing nobody's going to do anything, like what? I mean, next, there's going to be someone that knocks on my door to ask me about uh, my health status. And that's going to go very badly for a lot of those door knockers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like there's, there's yeah. going to be... I mean, there's people that you shouldn't go and knock on their doors if you say you're from the federal government. That's <laughs> it's not good. You know, it's not a it's not well thought out. It's not. It's I don't know, man. I just I just honestly can't believe they just admit it to our face. Like, hey, we're going to do this. And everyone's like, there's there's millions of people that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm, I, no, no, not at all. That's not good at all. Well, you know, InfoWars has this headline that was shared in our producers club. Mystery, three presidents all died after blocking distribution of COVID vaccines. Could be a coincidence, but you'd have to be quite the crazy coincidence theorist to be like, oh, yeah, just one in a million odds. What a coincidence. They just so happened to be the ones standing up to COVID vaccine distribution who died. Right. The Haiti, the Haiti thing, right? They're like, oh yeah, we caught the we caught the guys that assassinated the Haitian president. Uh, some of them uh, were were acting as U.S. government officials, and I'm like, oh, that's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't say. You don't yeah. say. You know. Now, yeah. another story worth inserting here: FDA adds new warning on Johnson and Johnson vaccine related to rare autoimmune disorder. This is. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Guillain Barre syndrome. The Guillain Barres. Yeah, I read that yesterday too. Yeah, yesterday I was on Twitter, and like in an hour, there was like six news articles where I was like, I was like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And then I was like, that's all true now. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, a couple other quick ones. In South Africa, there is major looting at malls. Yep. Crazy, crazy craziness there. Serious widespread violence. Honestly, not sure what the uh, what the connection is. Uh, it has something will- to do uh, the South African thing as a free... Uh, they, they arrested someone, and I believe that's the cause of the South African riots i think his name was jacob zuma i'd have to double check i there was so much going on yesterday adam (laughs) yeah you know and and i try to focus uh a lot on 
Arizona stuff, but yesterday was pretty uh, – yesterday was pretty nuts. All right, what's Jim Wayne in with here? It's not just that they are monitoring the text, but they're going to start combating misinformation. I mean, that sounds like they will be messaging you and telling you your friend is a liar. <clears throat> yeah, well, it, it, it doesn't have to escalate that quickly, uh, but it, it could – uh, and and this does open up a pretty scary, dangerous possibility. Uh, two other things worth touching on in the news yesterday and today. Cuba exploding with protests. Uh, in Havana, large numbers uh, have been uh, arrested. And uh, they have police patrolling now. Interesting thing here, Cuban government blamed the United States and uh, anybody looking at this objectively blames communism, and then the United States goes, mm, no, <laughs> couldn't be that. Uh, Russia steps in to warn against outside interference. Now, uh, one of the headlines I saw about this was uh, how Cuba's compounding woes have fueled discontent from the Washington Post. Largest protests in decades over the weekend, thousands of people demonstrated in major cities on Sunday with signs saying freedom and enough. Police made dozens, if not more, arrests. I thought they were the uh, the communist paradise in Cuba. What, what What's happening here, Steve? Free Cuba. Free Cuba. All right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's, that should simplify it. Um, you know, the White House put out a statement. They were like, oh... The Cubans are revolting because they can't get vaccines. And I was like, nope, I don't think I don't think that's why. I think it's because you give them five eggs a month. And that's probably, you know, just that sums it up. OK, <laughs> yeah. that sums up why they're not happy, guys. Jeez, uh, yeah. man. Yeah, just yesterday was nuts, man. Yesterday's news cycle was nutty. I was, was just. Now, Jim, if you would pull up DrudgeReport.com real quick, one other quick just rundown on news I want to point out here. Yeah, go ahead and get Drudge Report full screen. You can see the top left there. That's where I'm looking at. I mean, I've read some of these articles about what's going on in Cuba. I've read some articles from the Producers Club. Um, but the very the top headline should be frightening. Macron mandates health pass. That's French President Emmanuel Macron. Vax required for bars, restaurants, and planes. And right underneath that, Israel begins third dose. And this is what scares me. This is one of those days when I look at this and I go, maybe, maybe we are just being introduced to a new level of statism and medical tyranny and things are going to significantly get worse for a long time but now right under that right under the drudge report in the middle there one of the one of the small headlines governments worldwide gorge on record debt testing new limits what does that mean to you steve uh Listen, there is – 
you know, I, I tell my friends every day, I'm like, you know, I'm like the, the more, the more, the more evidence comes out that things are as actually as bad as we, we just assumed they may be right now that there's like more factual evidence coming out. And I'm like, the more, the more I start actually feeling like, oh, maybe we're all just, we're all going to end up dying a lot sooner than we anticipated. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I'm not afraid of the government. I'm not really afraid of anything that happens. You know, I've accepted that uh, certain belief systems and certain stances will probably just uh, put some of us into earlier graves. You Get know? you on a list that makes you much more likely to be killed by government agents and I, if nothing else. And, and I'm not worried about that because, you know, I've lived a, I've lived a decent life. I made it to 36. That's pretty solid. <laughs> um, but the more, like, even yesterday I was reading some of these articles and there were people that were, like, going through, like, the Cuba thing and, and like, trying to, to somehow justify that it wasn't communism or it wasn't like these bad like government run policies and i'm just like man they the government is really effective at just wiping people's free thought and critical thinking skills out and that's well, steve steve scary. i want i want to i want to come back to that what they have stolen from us psychologically and where most of us even as libertarians are who see this who are yet psychologically physically even by our own vaccine and body chemistry products of this evil empire <clears throat> that uh they, they have stolen a certain psychological preparation from us but before i cover that i have to point out that this is very encouraging in a way and i'll take it back to my experience at the airport yesterday, last night, and our flight being delayed 25 minutes, then two hours, then three hours, then 24 hours, then three hours, then two hours, then three hours, then three and a half hours when we finally took off. No, it was, it was two and a half when we finally took off. The lack of staff at the air, there's garbage outside. When did you see garbage accumulating in any way at an airport in the United States of America. That's not first world country. No, that's, that's never, I've never seen that. When have you seen fast food restaurants shut down for lack of staff? When have you seen their lies wear so thin? and be so transparent, so easily seen through and dismissed as right now. How bad does it have to get before we realize that the barrier to changing things is so low that we can all clear it, we can all have a hand in this dismissing of this paper tiger that still manages to murder people? Because this whole system of evil that we live under, of exploitation, relies on not only fear, but it relies on a particularly evil, not just dumb or greedy or corrupt, but truly evil element of the system in order to stay in power. The COINTELPRO element. Call it what you will. It's not the deep state. 
It's not the alphabet soup agencies, although that's a lot of it. It's within those elements and perhaps outside of those elements at this point in human history, we might not know for sure, who are willing to use violence, deception, to make you think that you are crazy, to gaslight activists, anybody who would stand up to the system, and to murder you when you become a real threat. Retribution, because they want people to wear masks. Most people I know were working shit jobs. They quit because of masks and vax push. That's a very good point. And it, that, that, that's a point of it I hadn't calculated or factored into this calculation, because I'm looking at the macroeconomics. Right. It's that you can live just as well on welfare as with a job. So why fucking have a job? You be an idiot. Right. Get on welfare. Have a meaningful job that's not a job, job, job type job on the record. W-2 paying taxes, all that bullshit. But also, thank you for pointing it out, Retribution. It is also that having a job, job, job type job in the age of masks and vaccines is that much shittier right now. You have that much more reason to avoid that whole working for the man one way or another. We have to take on that truly evil side of the man that allows the man to be the man that he is. And so to that which has been stolen from us psychologically, Steve, I thank you so much for touching on this. Because, yes, any healthy adult human being who loves life and lives well is ready to die at any time. Nothing held back. No reservations. Maybe you didn't get to your whole bucket list, but whoever really does. But when you have lived well enough by your values enough, true to your spirit enough, in gratitude for the opportunity to be a human on this earth for whatever brief time you get to enjoy, we are ready to die at any time. Most people don't have that. It is one of those things that has been robbed from us by government education and propaganda being taught not how to think, but what to think in cemetery row seating by being propagandized with textbook material prepared not by historians or educators, but by politicians and propagandists. It is not merely a misunderstanding of the War of 1812 and the impending economic consequences that you suffer from. No. You have been robbed of your very humanity. And I dare say what makes me special is not that I have taken it back or reclaimed it, but that I am in the process of doing so. And I recognize every day that there are sick parts of the man, of the state, of that conditioning still in my head. I have yet to shed and deprogram from myself. 
But a big part of that is understanding the enemy. And that is what we are going to do with the remaining part of the show today before we get to our guests. So without further ado, Steve, you might as well stick on screen for this. Keep an eye on the comments. Sure. Because as we have already seen, no single mind or two minds or three with Jim working together can hope to have a complete understanding. And even your comments so far in this show have been critical to a full and thorough understanding of the subject matter at hand. But we start with our first link today. Again, all Wikipedia. And Wikipedia certainly a corruptible source. However, one where you can check the links. It is a common encyclopedia of record. And uh, while nothing on the internet is real, myself least of all, this is about as good as a common understanding of the facts as we can come to to make the point of what we are up against. So, Jim, COINTELPRO, syllabic abbreviation de derived from Counterintelligence Program, 1956-1971, was a series of covert and illegal projects conducted by the United States FBI aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic American political organizations. FBI records show COINTELPRO resources targeted groups and individuals the FBI deemed subversive, including feminist organizations, the Communist Party USA, anti-Vietnam war organizers, activists of the civil rights movement, or Black Power movement. For example, MLK Jr., Nation of Islam, Black Panther Party. Environmentalists and animal rights organizations, the American Indian movement, independence movements, such as Puerto Rican independence groups like the Young Lords and the Puerto Rican Socialist Party and a variety of organizations that were part of the broader New Left and unrelated groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. And I want to point out, before we read further, that the purpose of COINTELPRO, excuse me, I was a bit of a tough one, <clears throat> having seen John McAfee just murdered, the purpose of COINTELPRO is not to murder activists. It is to render us ineffective. So, Steve, any, any uh, interjecting comments so far now that we've... I feel like this is... This is an interesting from Blood Raw Truth on Twitch. Uh, it's more towards the the vaccine stuff, but is there some sort of link between taking a patent gene therapy drug and giving up your rights, like owning a weapon, if they find it causes cognitive di disorders, disease down the line? There so are a lot of things that we have already given up on, in that sense, uh, around the vaccine, and. One of the most important ones is the liability is that if, and, and they're they're not hiding this, but they're not putting it out there to the average vaccine recipient that, by the way, unlike prior standards of pharmaceutical companies being responsible, if their drug turns out to be poison and you're hurt by it, that they are financially responsible, at least to some degree. Uh, that is specifically written out of the liability for these COVID vaccines. But I think what our commenter is hinting at here is uh, 
a rumor I, I, I heard over the weekend that I, I, I don't really believe is going to have any effect, but it's, it's one of those things where they're always trying to reach more and see what they can get away with. So what they're talking about is a cloud of possible directions they could go in. And one of the, the and, and that's what I where I consider this one is actually in the further realm of out there stretches that they might be reaching for. And it's that the mRNA vaccine is patentable. And once it's in you, if it alters your genetic code, therefore your genetic code no longer exists as an independent organic human thing. It is now this mRNA vaccine hybrid with your DNA that is now technically owned by Big Pharma. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to that one. Um, I don't think it's not a real, again, it's in the realm of things they want to do, they're reaching to do, they put it out there to see, you know, what the response is and if they can get away with it. Um, but the, the more part of the point of doing those things is being able to get away with the things that aren't so far out there, like a vaccine pass. Like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a, a month ago we or, or a year ago, we would be saying requiring vaccines to travel like that. That's absurd that they would have a medical information card on you as a human being. Uh, you know, not a test for a real disease, but no, that you would have to show that you have a certain body chemistry in order to travel, that that would be absurd. And now we're at the point where that's on the verge of that. That is reality in France on the verge of commonplace. Sustainable reality is part of what we experience under government. And we're going, well, maybe they're going to patent our own DNA. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's how this works. Retribution. You want to read this one? Yeah, legally the vaccinated. So uh, in 2013, course, court case, uh, pathology versus marriage genetics, Supreme Court ruled that human DNA cannot be patented because it's a product of nature. But the end of the decision ruled, the Supreme Court ruled that a human genome modified by mRNA, the genome could be patented, which uh, that means that uh, if you're having your mRNA vaccination, uh, your 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 uh, DNA is now proprietary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the basis of this rumor. Um, I'm, I'm still doubtful that they get away with that, but that it might, they might get away with it in some way around the margins that they might have some impact with this. I, I don't, I I'm certainly in the realm of possibility worth, worth watching and, uh, and, and, and being wary of even. Uh, so back to COINTELPRO, back to the article. In night, why do we know about this stuff? Right? That's the next question. Why do we know about the history of COINTELPRO, the secret program? Well, in 1971 in San Diego, the FBI finance armed and control. I'm sorry, this is not the part. Uh, what am I getting to? The, the actual discovery, the program revealed. Here we go. Uh, program revealed. The program was secret until 1971 when the Citizens Commission to investigate the FBI, which was just a handful of people, <laughs> burgled. I love seeing burglary used as a verb. They burgled an FBI field office in Media, Pennsylvania, took several dossiers, 
and exposed the program by passing this material to news agencies. The boxing match known as the fight of the century between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier in March 1971 provided cover for the activist group to successfully pull off the burglary. Muhammad Ali was a COINTELPRO target because he had joined the Nation of Islam, an anti-war movement. Many news organizations initially refused to immediately publish the information, with the notable exception of the Washington Post. After affirming the reliability of the documents, it published them on the front page in defiance of the Attorney General's request prompting other organizations to follow suit. Within the year, Director J. Edgar Hoover declared that the centralized COINTELPRO was over and that all future counterintelligence operations would be handled case by case. I mean, there's so much more to this story, but as I like to sum it up, because of the raid, the burglary, Congress had a hearing about this after the activists with the documents mimeo mimeographed you steve you're not old enough to remember mimeographing and neither am i <laughs> 1970 fucking one they burglared burgled an fbi field office stole the documents mimeographed them sent them to the media and congress and most of them at first said nah we're gonna keep ignoring this and then, even then, the attorney general tried to intervene and stop the Washington Post from publishing those documents. And then they did. And then, oh, it was all over. No, it wasn't. But they had hearings and the FBI was called on the carpet. The church committee documented a history of the FBI exercising political repression. They call it counterintelligence. I think it's good. People try to get intelligent. They want to keep people stupid. Counterintelligence is a very, very, very appropriate term for this. But really what we're talking about, I mean, when I use the word COINTELPRO type efforts or whatever, what I'm, I, I suppose the best term is political repression, covert political repression by government. That's, that's like sort of the technical category, the lane. I'm looking to expose here and bring into the presence because as at present, as, as I said on Twitter yesterday, if you work for the CIA, the FBI or the NSA, the most patriotic thing and dare I say the only patriotic thing you can do at this point is become a whistleblower. Got a lot of retweets, pretty popular idea. Uh, the church committee documented a history of the FBI exercising political repression as far back as World War One and through the 1920s where agents were charged with rounding up anarchists, communists, socialists, reformists, and revolutionaries for deportation. From 1936 through 1976, the domestic operations were increased against political and anti-war groups. Now, a quick historical perspective beyond the United States, still good human history, the man in charge has always used some form of covert violence to stay in power. Very few rulers, leaders have been entirely honest or just, or even had their institutions entirely honest or just, possibly even without their knowledge. You might have some benign child monarch who has no idea that the oligarchy behind him or her is maintaining such a COINTELPRO style effort of political repression to maintain the legitimacy of the crap, perhaps. The Intended effects, that's actually the next section of the article here, 
The intended effect of the FBI's COINTELPRO was to expose, disrupt, misdirect, or otherwise neutralize groups that the FBI officials believe were subversive by instructing FBI field operatives to, one, create a negative public image for target groups, for example, through surveilling activists, and then releasing negative personal information to the public. Two, break down internal organization by creating conflicts, for example, by having agents exacerbate racial tensions or send anonymous letters to try to create conflicts. Three, create dissension between groups, for example, by spreading rumors that other groups were stealing money. Four, restrict access to public resources, for example, by pressuring nonprofit organizations to cut off funding or material support. Five, restrict the ability to organize protests, for example, through agents promoting violence against police during planning and at protests. Six, restrict the ability of individuals to participate in group activities, for example, by character assassinations, false arrests, and surveillance. So, Steve, bringing it back to the current day, you might think that this new wave of surveillance is connected to something else. Speaking of which, Whitney Bilyeu was just named interim chair of the Libertarian Party. And we haven't even gotten to that part of the episode yet. I believe we will after we talk to our guest in just a few minutes. But to make the first hour of this episode complete, I would like to do a quick perusal of the other headlines in the stack, as in the Wikipedia articles, up next. And we will get to these after our guest, Agent Provocateur. Followed by, I'll wait for Jim, agent provocateur, French for inciting agent, is a person who commits or acts to entice another person to commit an illegal or rash act or falsely implicate them in partaking in an illegal act so as to ruin the reputation or entice legal action against the target or a group they belong to or are perceived to belong to. Next, denial and deception. Denial and deception is a Western theoretical framework for conceiving and analyzing military intelligence te techniques pertaining to secrecy and deception. Up next, Mark Felt, an American law enforcement officer, born 1913, died December 18, 2008. American law enforcement officer who worked for the FBI from 1942 to 1973 and was known for his role in the Watergate scandal. A special agent who eventually rose to position of associate director. Up next, mass surveillance in the United States. The practice of mass surveillance in the United States dates back to wartime monitoring and censorship of international communications from to or which pass through the United States. Up next, NSA warrantless surveillance 2001 to 2007. Don't worry, Wikipedia is not trying to bullshit you and tell you that NSA warrantless surveillance ended in 2007, simply that that is the period which this article is covering. Up next, Operation Mockingbird, an alleged large-scale program of the United States CIA that began in the early years of the Cold War and attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. Up next, the Patriot Act. You remember what that stands for? Uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. 
Oh, we forgot to mention, we include terrorism as to define what any American citizen is doing to challenge our power. Up next, state terrorism refers to acts of terrorism which a state conducts against another state or against its own citizens. Up next, surveillance abuse, the use of surveillance methods or technology to monitor the activity of an individual or group of individuals in a way which violates the social norms or laws of society. Up next, Zersetzung, German for decomposition, a psychological warfare technique used by the Ministry for State Security to repress political opponents in East Germany during the 70s and 80s. Zersetzung served to combat alleged and actual dissidents through covert means using secret methods of abusive control and psychological manipulation to prevent anti-government activities. Up next, list of FBI controversies. Yes, there is a whole long separate other article on Wikipedia called List of FBI Controversies. And finally, and I do put this in finally, to drive home the depths of the evil that humans are capable of committing against other humans in this context for the purposes of manipulation, not simply elimination through murder and violence, as if you needed something worse than that. We will end today's show by covering the UK undercover policing relationship scandal, where around the end of 2010 and 11, it was disclosed in the UK media that a number of undercover officers had, as part of their false persona, entered into intimate relationships with members of targeted groups, and in some cases, proposed marriage or fathered children with protesters who were unaware their partner was a police officer in a role as part of their official duties. That's right, undercover officers, and it says proposed marriage, married and had kids with their targets for being protesters. Did you know about that, Steve? Had you heard I, about that? I didn't I didn't know about I didn't know about that last one. <laughs> the UK Yeah, you've heard of most of the rest of that, but the yeah, UK yeah. undercover policing yeah. relationship scandal. I'm just gonna be single the rest of my life, Adam. <laughs> We're gonna come back to this one. Good grief. With that being said, the only woman I've ever married had my freedom mark tattooed on her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll come back to that one any critical comments before we get to our guest here steve uh my you know Essential congrats, comments. Con congrats to whitney i uh i don't know her and i hope she does a good job <laughs> uh I, outside of that i mean any, uh, if you're in this game you are either part of this or you are with us and being up against it yeah i mean it, the 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 enormity of 
what you're up against grows every day. If if you're if you're just if you're really just getting into it, the the that wall of 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 what you're fighting against just gets taller and taller and taller every day. So you can be ignorant about this and act as if it's not a thing. But once you have been educated, and as of today, as of July 13, 2021, I dare say, thanks to Adam versus the man, no one in the Libertarian Party or movement can say that they are ignorant about what we are up against. And until we address this, and I think we are in a better position to beat this once and for all than ever before. And until we do, seems like everything else is useless. We raised how much money for how many candidates to get elected to city council? To maintain our status as controlled opposition? I say no more. With that, let's get to our guest. After our guest, we will come back. We will take comments on this heavy subject. I hope you will all help us further with your brilliant insights, as the Adam versus the Man audience always does. With that, our guest, I suppose, is uniquely presented with the opportunity <laughs> to speak about what it's like being a libertarian candidate, knowing that this is what we're up against. With that, our guest today is Kelly Cardin lifelong Kern County resident with a successful career in hospitality management, running for Kern County Board of Supervisors District 2. And uh, it, this is, uh, yeah, Kelly, it's good to see you, brother. It's, it, yeah, I'm, that, reading bro? your, I'm, I'm reading your bio here. And uh, the, 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 the next sentence here is almost too silly of a cliche to read with a straight face after talking about all of the subversive, yeah, yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, it Kelly, was believes, <laughs> Kelly believes that the government has forgotten its place as the true servants of its citizens and believes that libertarian principles can return normalcy to our lives. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, I mean, I, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself and, and, and plug your campaign. And 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 even insert uh, in this relatively inside baseball edition of Adam versus the Man uh, a, a, an appropriate message to your constituents and 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 why they should vote for you. But uh, is is it really is it really uh, you say the government has forgotten? Yeah, they never role. they never were there. Forgotten. <laughs> they were never servants forgotten. in the first place, right? Let's let's be real. I mean, in 240 years, they've they've committed genocide against two people groups. They've thrown two other people groups into concentration camps. They spy on us. They in the with the polio vaccines in the 1950s, they gave 200,000 kids broken vaccines that resulted in 20,000 kids getting polio. Hundreds and hundreds of kids paralyzed. Ten kids died. Like, do we really trust these idiots anymore? I mean, it's kind of unreal at this point, right? My favorite meme right now is the one with like a graph X axis and Y axis. And it's like how much you trust government, how oh much my. you've studied history. And the more you study history, the less you trust government. And oh, this is why bad. you can't, and any good libertarian, you can't shut us up because that list that Kelly just rattled off the top of his head 
It sounds like a perfectly iconic list of horrific atrocities committed by government over the course of human history. Any well-read, any halfway decently read libertarian could just and and make it sound like that. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many things to choose from. Murdered how many in war? Killed how many with chemical weapons? Have have destroyed tens, literally killed tens of millions with the United States FDA's manipulation of the pharmaceutical market. I mean, I, we yeah. could just go on and on. I mean, how long, could, Kelly? Let's do a rap song right now. Let's. It, it'll be the. We'll we'll try to make it rhyme. If not, fuck it. Someone give me a beat. All the evils of the American government. Sorry, we can't do this. We can't do this. And it's not because Kelly and I can't rap and have decent taste. Uh, it's because we only have an hour left in the show. Kelly, yeah. with that, um, why? With given the fact that we we I know you personally to be. Uh, not only a, a principled, but at least a, a relatively well-educated libertarian. Knowing what we're up against, how does that lead you? And, and, and a sidebar here for anybody. I know there are people in my audience who are like, uh, no, Adam, we read your book and we live in a cabin in the woods and we're never going to like, no. People like Kelly, I respect more than the people in my audience because he's actually getting up and doing something about it right now kelly despite an understanding of of the basics of what not only what we presented in the last hour of american political repression history but knowing that those people will kill millions for a dollar if they can get away with it why the hell are you running for kern county board of supervisors district two representative I might be a little crazy, man. I mean, who really knows? You know, but so, so Kern County, for people who don't know, is made famous because Kevin McCarthy is our congressman, the minority leader. He's a douchebag, man. He hasn't even been to Kern County in years, except for when his son got married. He's a fucking creep. You know, but so I started really angry with a water board. I, like, I have four kids. I have three dogs. I don't want my water rate to go up. I mean, I'm, my kids are going to be taking 20-minute showers soon, you know? So I got really mad there, and I started yelling at the water board. I actually went to a meeting. And I, I wrote a huge letter and I broke everyone down. People were cheering. It was pretty nuts. But I realized what I was doing, Adam, was I was talking shit to people that I know my whole life, right? So I started looking at like, so how do we fix water? Can't do it at a local level. Like the water district doesn't do shit. They literally, you give them water and then they give it out. But the county, on the other hand, can actually do some shit. So you're talking about like being brave or, you know, how dangerous the government is. So check this out, Adam. The guy that I'm running against, his aunt is also the district attorney. And they both have been investigated this year for stealing money from their campaigns. So we'll see what happens, you know, but ultimately some people were in the comments were writing, you know, that maybe they feel like things are selected at the federal level, but we still have a chance at the, at the local level. And that's true. You know, ultimately we, we still have to vote. Somebody has to fight back. I mean, we can't just keep taking it forever. I mean, at some point, what are we going to do? I was going to leave California, but I've been here my whole life. Why would I leave? Right. So I'm just fixing shit. We're going to talk about water. We're going to talk about oil, Second Amendment nullification, um, really trying to limit what the federal government does. So everything they do in all of their surveillance programs involve partnerships. And it's typically the um, the local government that is the partnership. So we're just going to write laws saying that the Kern County Sheriff's doesn't, isn't going to help anymore with, with spying on citizens. They're not going to help enforce gun laws. We're not going to let the ATF come in. We're not going to let the DEA come in, at least not with the assistance of our local sheriff, right? Um, 
I'm not a fan yeah, of our well, share. Kelly, Kelly, you mentioned a lot of great things I want to touch on and, and underscore and even challenge you on in, in just that brilliant answer. But uh, I, first of all, I really appreciate how, even though we're talking about the fundamental nature of government, the greatest evils of the biggest empire of our day, arguably whatever, the United States federal government, you are connecting this to local issues. Yeah. Why, and, and I, and I want to bring it back to something I've been talking about. Why do airports suck? Because they're government buildings, right? Because they're, 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 they're fucking corporatist, like socialist. What the fuck? The, the airports are government buildings. Like I, we went early yesterday. We had this huge delay. I'm like, there's got to be a couch at the Memphis airport. No. Like it's, it's like these deliberately uncomfortable benches like they're designed to keep homeless people from sleeping there when we got home to las vegas the las vegas airport in the middle of the night there are people sleeping on the floor with their carry-ons because it's so deliberately uncomfortable i mean maybe not deliberately but just as a as a consequence of the deliberate corporate oligopoly that dominates this industry and we see similarly the same effects of economic manipulation to keep the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor reaching down to even the local issues and you said it's 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 because you've got this connection to national politics too but how many of those assholes are elected Republicans and Democrats who are just part of the, the deep bench feeder team because they're trying to get to Washington? They're trying to be a part of this bigger evil system. They're trying to cooperate. And you said, we're going to we're going to keep I, I loved how you corrected yourself. We're going to keep the the FBI and the CIA and the DEA and bubble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to keep the alphabet soup out of Kern County, uh, at least not with the sheriff's help, because they don't fucking need the sheriff's help to get into your lives to crawl up yeah. your ass they don't need that and you can't stop the undercover you can't stop the bullshit so so kelly the the, the challenge i want to i want to raise for you here is uh while it's clear that you can piddle around with policy and make meaningful differences that improve people's lives in your community by running for public office are are we just rolling a rock up a hill over and over again like sisyphus if we don't if we don't take out the hill if we don't if we don't destroy the heart of the beast if we don't address this problem of centralized corruption if someone like you becomes a meaningful threat and you get off like john Ma i mean i don't think that's likely I, it's more likely you know what they put kitty porn on your computer yeah, you know, that's you way know, more likely. You know, you, you know what's more like what's, what's more likely even than that is they send a couple volunteers into your organization mm -hmm. who are actually covert agents and make sure that you are never effective. Yep. I mean, we and you just showed article after article that shows that the federal government is happy to do that. So, I mean, I think you're right. You know, it is part of just rolling the ball uphill. But does that mean we quit trying? No, you know. But it is about getting momentum and you reaching your audience and us reaching every audience we can to get people to understand that the Democrats and the Republicans want to hurt us and kill us. They they look at us as chattel slavery and that we're here forever. You can't even leave this country. My mom's from the Philippines. It was funny. And she talked about going back and she goes, well, I don't want to give up my American citizenship, but I don't want to pay taxes in two countries. <laughs> you know, <laughs> She can't even go home, right? And then I have family that's in the Philippines that they can't go back because it's even worse there than it is here. You know what they got for, for COVID um, pandemic relief? 
in the Philippines, bags of rice. <laughs> my uncle called me and was like, hey, look what I got. The government, I just picked this up at the mayor's house and it was a 10 pound sack of rice. That was his stimulus for, for COVID. You know, $120 million that Americans sent over there and that's what their people got. So See, it's, I, it's, I, I want to I underscore this. We are, as Americans, the privileged citizens who mm -hmm. live at the seat of the empire. Why do people want to come to the United States? Because this government's foreign policy is a lot worse than its domestic policy. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's terrible. You know, every 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 aspect of it. It's like it never gets it never goes away. I tried to go shooting, and they want to check my ID, and I'm like, wait, I just want to buy I just want to buy bullets. <laughs> and they're like, nope. Got to do it. And then it so, was really frustrating because the guy who owns the hardware store 40 years ago, he sold the guns out the back door to my dad. Now he can't even sell me bullets. And he's like, man, things change, Kelly. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it fucking sucks, dude. Like these people, they just don't care. And it's only getting worse. And with the proliferation of social media, it's going to get worse. Um, know who you're around. I mean, is really the only thing you do. There's like, how do you fight back against the state? <laughs> and it's, it's, one day at a time, I guess. Well, so uh, you, you, what you're suggesting is that by rolling this ball up the hill over and over again, we are yes. eroding. We're we're eroding the hill, also, right? Yes. There's some yes. there's some erosion effect that makes the we, hill smaller. Well, if we just stop fighting with other libertarians, you know, we would stop chasing people away from the movement. <laughs> I mean, haven't I, I'm sure we've chased more libertarians away from the movement. Okay, so hold needed. on, Kelly. You say that, but you know now. You know what's going to happen. I'm going to suggest. Gonna I'm not a libertarian. Now, hold, hold on. One other thing. No, no, no. One other thing. I want to. No, <laughs> there's that bullshit. No, but one other thing. I I, I want to. Um, <laughs> uh, I I got to point out here is that when I'm talking about the FBI and the CIA and the NSA. There are a lot of people who are tempted to think, well, hey, Adam, it might not be that bad anymore. It might not be that the the government, you know, they did get caught and maybe they, they're going for transparency. But if that's the case, it's because they don't have to and they have the Republicans and Democrats to do their dirty work for them. So let me put it to you this way, Kelly, that if I was uh, one of the military industrial complex string pullers who was responsible for getting millions of dollars to the Republican and Democrat national organizations who, by the way, uh, I'm going to Google this because I've been saying $400 million for a long time. Um, I don't know that that's still accurate. What's the annual budget of, of the Republican party, right? Um, political parties, open secrets, uh, where is it? National Republican Committee, Open Secrets Outdoor Parties. I, I would think that uh, total raised Democratic. Whoa. Um, yeah, I was off. Um, I, I was off by a lot. In the election cycle of 2020, according to OpenSecrets.org, the Democratic Party raised 1.8 billion with a b that's more than four times what i was suggesting and the republican party 2.003 billion with a b now if you want to try to break that out they have separate committees 
Democratic National Committee. See, I, I've been saying 400,000. Even then, Democratic National Committee itself, about 500 million. Wow. Republican National Committee, 900 million. So now, let me tell you, it, yeah, this is what we are up against politically. Okay. So just taking it down one level, one big level of conspiracy, right? It's not the government working against the people who are challenging government. It's the government working against there's us working against the people who are trying to steer government to red flavored or blue flavored fascism. Yeah. And if they're there, like it's sort of like this, does the FBI have to fuck with activists anymore? Maybe not. Maybe it's yeah. Republicans and Democrats doing this job for them. Now, let me put it to you this way. If I was one of those string pulling assholes in the military industrial complex responsible for some chunk of this almost four bill this is what I should be saying. How I should, and by the way, this is <coughs> this is the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, not counting campaigns. Packs, you know, packs. Super PACs and every other bit of dark money around it. This is this is like the kernel of the seed of 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 the evil plant. Like this is not this is this is a very very small and, and you know you, I mean even within the LP what like our national budget is you know about one what what one to two million dollars. Yeah. But we spend something like ten to twenty million dollars if you add up all of the political campaigns that are accounted for mm -hmm. entirely independently. If you account for all the libertarian activism and PACs, it's, it's another at least few million dollars. How associated with the party do you want to cut it? But libertarian yeah. campaigns and, and the libertarian party, a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of this. And if I was responsible, I'm, I'm, I'm Lockheed Martin's board of directors, whatever guy who does this part for their, their gang, and I make sure the money gets to the politics. And I look at the Republicans and Democrats. I gave you billions of dollars yeah. over the years. You better be using some of that money to make sure the libertarians aren't a threat to our racket. You what better happened? make sure there's no fucking viable anti-war -mo movement anywhere in America. You better make sure there's no viable anti-militarism movement or speaker or club or any kind of organization effective anywhere in the United States. What are you doing about it? You know, now, now, to your situation, Kelly. Oh, Kel oh Kelly, Kelly said he's against fighting in the Libertarian Party. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you two undercover operatives who over the course of a few months become your most valuable, trusted advisors, and then we're going to set them against each other. Yeah. Luckily for me, I've got like lifelong friends that are in my, that I'm helping. But you're oh, right, you know. Oh, you, oh, Kelly, you have lifelong friends. That's great. All we have to do is put kitty porn on their computers and threaten their lives and their families to make you. Yeah, you know it is. It is a real thing, and we're just going to be grassroots. I can't. I'm having a hard time getting media, the paper, to come out. We we cleaned up. We had 50 people come out and clean some trash, clean the desert, and. Can it in the paper? We put it on Facebook. We got a couple thousand views, which was nice. I think it's just kind of tough, you know. It's um, you're you like you said, you've described exactly the Goliath that we're up against, right? 
there's there's no debating that like they have unlimited resources they obviously have no moral background no moral backbone at all they they clearly don't care about about fair play or, or any of those things so so it is almost impossible and it does feel that way many times um but in the end adam i mean what are we gonna do right i mean we're just gonna i can't complain forever without doing something so we're gonna do the best we can and we're, i think we're gonna we're gonna fight back and you know what's funny is you said four billion dollars my county's budget is only three billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> we have nine hundred and fifty thousand. so let me explain kern county to you adam we have we grow the second most agriculture in every county in the country we pump more oil than the state of oklahoma and we have thousands more pumps coming we um have two military bases so we do unfortunately have the military industrial complex we have three universities and we're still one of the poorest countries and poorest counties in my state. It makes no sense at all, right? Like, how? How does it even happen? But it's because they are so, like you said, they're so intertwined that they they weaponize against each other or against they weaponize with each other against the outside. And you know, yeah. people always say, "Oh, libertarians want the corporations to rule the world." But how come corporations don't donate to us, dumbass? <laughs> <laughs> no. Kelly, I want to connect this uh, to a bigger challenge for libertarian candidates, right? Because you go into this with a bigger awareness. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're running. What, what are the what are the, the sort of vanilla issues? What are the, the the sort of mainstream issues for voters in your county? So the biggest issues, of course, are, are water. I mean, we are in the middle of the, of the one of the worst droughts in in my lifetime. Um, people care about oil. You know, the governor's talked about outlawing the, the pumping of oil in this county, which is absolutely ridiculous. I have 65,000 people that work in the oil industry here. They just want to lay them all off. I mean, what the hell? We also we also um, have the most solar energy, the most renewable energy in the state, which is a huge fight. You know, I mean, and I live in the desert, so that's where they think solar panels go. And all of the towns in my district are complaining, complaining, complaining about these these fields, these solar fields getting closer and closer to town and they're begging him to stop. And the guy that represents our district doesn't give a shit. He, he only moved here after he was elected and he lives in the fanciest zip code in my entire County. So he doesn't give a shit. He's happy to keep pumping oil or keep, you know, putting oil, putting in these fields. So working on those, like how do we want to fix water? Adam, the dumbest thing we can do to fix water issues is tell guys like you and me to take shorter showers and pay a higher fee. <laughs> <laughs> residents in this country in, in in the state of california residential use of water is 4.2 percent in my county it's closer to two percent there's no yeah. water to save i mean even yeah. if we cut it in half we took what one percent what the hell is that <laughs> but how we can we, how long has been california been playing this stupid game it's it's, it's obviously political manipulation. like you have to be ignorant of just basic human water use reality when the california government comes up and says we've got a war water shortage so uh take shorter showers so, so the, the government recommends that we only use 55 gallons per day per, per person in your home right that means in my county we use about 20 billion gallons of water a year if i say 15 percent, that's only 3 billion gallons like it's literally nothing, but we send like 280 mil billion gallons of water into the ocean every year in Sacramento, protecting a smelt that is not from California and they haven't seen it in three years. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Just talk okay. about being like dumbasses. Every one of them okay, are fucking so, dumbasses. So here's, here's the dilemma. 
Because as libertarians, as a libertarian candidate for a local office, you can play the mainstream game as best you can Mm -hmm. and put on a suit and tie and pretend that being libertarian has nothing to do with this awareness of what we're up against. Being a libertarian is just socially liberal, fiscally conservative, and I feel good about this issue and that issue, and I want the best for you, and I'm, you know, Republicans, Democrats, we're the best of both worlds. Both shit worlds that we know are fundamentally fucked. And it's it's somewhat, I, I mean, I think it's dishonest. It, 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 maybe, maybe it's never dishonest, but I think it's disingenuous. And it might be like, no, it's just my introduction. I put up a website that looks like a mainstream candidate site because I want people to get sucked in. And then I want them to figure out this, you know, this deeper reality for themselves or lead with it and say, you know what, you know what, I'm, I'm just one man, one member of this community. My name is Kelly Cardin and I know what we're up against. And this might be rolling a ball up a hill over and over again, fighting these issues. But I'm here to represent you because I know that you are not being represented by this fundamentally corrupt system. Yeah. And I'm not going to make any promises other than what I am going to do to keep fighting because I know what we're really up against. Mm hmm. And you have a choice in doing that. As a, I see every libertarian running for office. You say, I want to run for office as a libertarian. Okay. Where are you going to fall on this spectrum from telling the bold truth and reality to telling a vanilla, stripped-down, politicized version of our message? I know that's not even close to encompassing how I would describe this spectrum. And I don't condemn either as a matter of strategy. There may be a place for both. I don't know. But I think more and more the American people are ready to hear the unvarnished truth about what we are really doing as libertarians. Yeah, and to know what we're up against. Be, that slide has to be more towards the bold messaging. Part of what the Mises Caucus is doing, you know, just really not being afraid to say what's wrong. Right? Like people, we, we infantilize our, our, our country. Yes. Like they're not children. They're not, they're not vulnerable. Yes. Americans aren't, aren't useless. We're not weak. Yes. We can handle the truth. Yes. The only people in this country who can't handle the truth are those that are in charge because the truth makes them out to be pieces of shit, Adam. Yes. <laughs> so yes. you are, you are absolutely right. And, and I do try to, I, I, I so let's say, so if, if a hundred percent was, was that strong, strong libertarian message that's out there and 0% was the vanilla message, I'm thinking I'm right around 75%, you know, 80%. I do try to speak about libertarian ideals. I try to tell people, stop letting the government make decisions for you. I have a buddy down the street. He was talking about prostitution. He thinks it's wrong. Under, I said, well, under what guys? He goes, under public health. I said, oh, okay, public health. You do know that obesity is the biggest killer of people in this country. So if it's about public health, why are you so worried about that <laughs> and not worried about things that actually matter? And he goes, well, I just think it's wrong. So, oh, you're moral. So it's a moral issue. Okay, morals are fine, right? So I asked him, Adam, I said, hey, so what would you do if somebody who got who became president, whose moral issues told them that slaughtering cows was wrong? And he's like, that's stupid. I'm still going to eat steaks. I'm like, I know, because you can't enforce your morals on people that do not share them. <laughs> so do not try. 
Yeah. Well, in let me, fact, let me, so, so Kelly, I, excuse me for, for to bring it back. I, I'll give you the last word and then the chance to say anything you want on this platform. As I've, as I've always said, Adam versus the man is at the service of the movement, the cause, and even the Libertarian Party and every, any any Libertarian candidate who's running uh, a, a campaign with any kind of decent effort or organization behind it is welcome to promote themselves here. But Kelly, be, I, I value your perspective a little bit more, and I, I, I appreciate your your willingness to get into these issues in, in a personal way. And I don't mean personal like, ah, personal life story and thoughts and feel them, but in a way that is really more importantly personal as to how it directly deals with what you're doing and allowing this challenge that I'm presenting to be fully considered against what you're doing with your campaign. So if I present these two possibilities for the LP and messaging, right, that we could go with principled messaging or watered down politically correct messaging, right? That's, 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 I mean, that's the battle. Let's try to use equitable terminology, principled messaging versus simplified mainstream, mainstream palatable messaging. That's what they want us to think of it as, right? What if this strategy makes us neutered and useless and you knew you know that in a sense it would if we exactly. stuck to this messaging if the lp never spoke to principle never spoke about the evils of government never spoke about the significance to humanity and spirituality even of what we're doing if all we did was talk about issues in a socially liberal fiscally conservative framework we would be fucking useless and we only hear pressure pushing us in this direction it's always no water it down be more palatable you're crazy that's not mainstream enough go this way with it if you're going to connect with voters you have to sound like this right now principle message the message of absolute principle messaging strategy in your case would be like not hey i'm running for county two or, or county commissioner district two because i care about your water and this issues it's because I am doing what I can against the Leviathan of evil that we live with today, and therefore give me the authority to apply it to this strategy is the afterthought then. By yeah. the way, let me, and as opposed to what we do, what we're tricked into doing now, the LP has basically been tricked into saying, blah, 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 blah. By the way, statement of principles. Right. That, 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 my take, that's my summary. That's my summary of 50 years of Libertarian Party history right there. Right. But Libertarian principles, maybe this is what reaches people. Maybe this because that's what woke me up. I didn't wake. I didn't become a Libertarian because Kelly Carter was running for county commissioner to represent District 2 and talk about water issues. Fuck no. I don't care about that. You don't care about that at a deeper level. No, that's a symptom that that uh, you care about it because it affects your community, it affects your daily lives. But what motivates you spiritually? What motivates you as an activist to be involved? It's not this. It's not this watered down bullshit. It's the message of principle. And I believe that we as a party have been bullied and misled and lied to by infiltrators and plants and other subversives who would put us on a weaker message. Your take. Oh, yeah, man, that, I hate that. So a couple weeks ago, I actually wrote a letter to uh, my senators, um, and it was in reference to, to David Chipman. So he's going to be the head of the ATF. 
And I, I was mad. I wrote a letter and I very clearly called him a racist, man. I said this, Adam, about gun control and state violence. Gun control is the most racist, aggressive act of violence that a government mm. can ever institute on people that they rule mm. because they don't, mm -hmm. they're not governing people that they're, that they're being violent to. They're ruling us. Right. Yeah. So, and when I wrote that letter, I had 7,000 people view that and people message me and say, wow, I've always thought that. So you're right. You know, you know what happens from 50 years of watered down messages? 1.2% of the vote in a presidential year when both candidates were the two worst candidates in the history of our country. <laughs> yep. I mean, and that 3.3% when we actually had a decent candidate being Gary Johnson, you know, and I can't say decent, but a popular candidate. Um, well, so, so here's the thing, maybe decent. Hold on. If, if, if my analysis is correct in its simplest of form, that this is our effective message and this is what they trick us into presenting, then Gary Johnson is controlled opposition because Gary Johnson is us saying, let's exactly. put forward someone with a pure watered down message who communicates zero principle, who when asked Gary Johnson said, oh, the non-aggression principle goes over my head. <laughs> no, he, he, he unfortunately delivered a very watered down message. Um, I, I try to be more radical than that. You know, I try to be principled. Does that mean I'm going to go Jeremy Kaufman and 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 not allow opportunity for for discussion? I don't know. That's his thing, right? That's how that's what works for him. Um, but yeah, no, like we have to talk about this shit. You have to tell people, and people they know. I think the average person is realizing that the government is here to hurt them. The government is here to steal from them. Taxes are constantly going up, so it's not it's okay to tell people, hey, you know, the government's trying to steal from you, right? <laughs> You know, yeah. you don't have to say, well, maybe we should just try to be better maybe with you our do money. Have, maybe you, you do have to point it out. Maybe you do. <laughs> have to, so, you know, you know, Simon Sinek did a great TED Talk, very popular, Start With Why, wrote a book on that title. And he, he gives the example of uh, Apple computers. And Simon, forgive me for misparaphrasing, but he says, if you were Apple computers selling a computer, you don't go with, hey, would you like to buy a computer we built it this way because it does this, this, and this that empowers you to live better this way and enlighten the world. And No, no, you start with why. You say, we want you to have a better life with empowering technology that takes you into the next phase of human development because we care about you and applying technology and bringing it to everybody on earth. Want to buy a laptop? <laughs> See how that's more effective than starting with Want to buy a laptop? Blah, 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 blah. And so maybe you, Kelly, even you have been bullied and misled into thinking that you need to compromise 25% of your message. And maybe that's yeah. what's missing. And maybe what would make you, I, 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 I leave it to your judgment, sir, as I do for everybody who's willing to put their name and life on the line on a ballot. Mm hmm to what you want to present yourself as to the public. But I bet you all are being manipulated one way or another by people who want you to be ineffective. And I dare say I would demand you all at least consider that maybe you might be more effective with a 100% message of principle with a footnote, by the way. Yeah. I'm running for representative of District 2 on my Kern County Commission so that I can fix your water problems. Yeah. No, you're right, man. And and I think it's important that we challenge each other on these things so we don't just get into the same old, right? We want to win. We don't want to keep losing. We don't want to keep running and, and wasting time and hours of hours and hours and, and thousands of dollars of resources. We have to win. And we know that the watered down message doesn't win. Not every not not at the rate that it needs to. And and what we are noticing is the stronger the messaging, the, the better the turnout.
there's a reason why the Mises Caucus is growing so fast. It's because of the messaging. It's because we're bold. We're, we're not afraid to, to upset people with what we say because we can explain it. Having, you said earlier, being well-read and, and having the understanding changes everything. I can explain why gun control is racist because I've taken the time to read why gun control is racist, right? I can, so I can say that. I can say that immigration is wrong because we can see it and people know that, that we shouldn't be putting kids in cages. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're right, Adam, about being bold and, and being out there and not being afraid to, to hurt people's feelings. Um, you know, and there's, there's always ways to explain why in the end, you know, so, so getting their attention is kind of necessary. You know, I actually had a guy get really, really mad. We had like a 48 com comment conversation because he was a, because he's a Democrat and he was really offended by being called a racist because he was proposing gun control. <laughs> and then when I explained to him, well, wait a minute, how, why are you mad at me? Like be mad at Democrats and be mad at Republicans for gun control. I, you're, I'm not the one who did it. And I'm not the one who's, who's disarmed brown and black people for 200 years in this country. I'm not the one who's kicked brown people out of this country for 200 years. I'm not the one who told them they can't come here. <laughs> And then, so yeah, you're right. And then being as, as, as principled as you can in your messaging, all it does is open the door for conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it depends on you. It depends on the candidate. I can, I'm happy to talk about those things, and, but not every candidate is. I think that's the problem. And, and even, so the reason I announced so early is so I can kind of get through this. Like I'm adjusting my message. I've got a year to go. So I need guys mm -hmm. like you to, to point that out and, and, and really keep me on track. And Michael Heiss does that for me. Angela McArdle does that. Matthew mm. Butt does that for me. It's important to surround yourself with really good people that are going to sharpen you. You made a comment about spirituality earlier. Well, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? So mm -hmm. if you're smacking, you know, you smacking me just makes me better, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I mean, in the end, I, I'm going to give him hell. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to call this man out. I'm going to call his, his aunt out and I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do everything I can to explain to people how bad Kern County is trying to steal from them yeah, and how no. bad they're trying to hurt us and just chasing, you know, just going after the goal. And that's the goal is going to be to get in office, to, to, to get people excited about a libertarian. And then, like you said, to then use that power to, to, to affect change after the fact, but I got to get yeah. elected first. And the only way to do that is strong well. that, well, not, I mean, obviously I can lobby the government and things like that, but, but without bold messaging and people excited, there's no conversations to be had. Yes. Yes. So, Kelly, you mentioned uh, Mises Caucus, and I'm grateful that they're having such a positive behind-the-scenes influence on you. Behind-the-scenes, uh, I'm, I'm starting to hear rumors that even they are a form of controlled opposition injected for a specific agenda into the party, which is a scary. But every, every, every element has to be examined that way, and I'm grateful that you made that good point about their better messaging. And I think we can all take a lesson from the rise of the Mises Caucus. Um, and again, one of the things that, one of the reasons people are telling me about this is because I was kicked out of the Mises Caucus by Michael Heiss. For oh, no. And he has refused to say publicly why. He is, wow. he is, you know, and you go, well, what the, yeah, is it about me? Is it something else? Is it, you know, I, there's, it, there's it's funny to hear Mike Heiss complaining about what's going on with JBH right now or what just happened about like you have to have transparency and due process in order to have an organization with integrity. And then you go. And Mises like, uh, all right, whatever. Subject for another day. But it, 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 it all of these things bear critical examination 
And mm-hmm. the end result is to get out and be bold and live well with that awareness. So with that being said, Kelly, uh, take this last minute, perhaps, uh, if any of your constituents accidentally come across Adam versus the man, uh, what, 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 what would you want to say to your constituents or, or any other final thoughts you have today? Oh, man. So not just to my constituents, but to everybody, like understand and learn and read about how the government is hurting us. You have to, we have to know what's happening to us in our lives. You were talking earlier about all of these instances of spying. This has been going on since 1954. I mean, the CIA has been running things like, you know, Operation, um, oh shit, I, what, I forgot what it was called, Ajax, Operation Ajax in Iran, yeah. when they when they disposed of, the, of a democratic, democratically elected leader and installed the, the royal party, which of course precipitates everything that's happening in the Middle East today. We, if we allow our government to do these things because we, we don't, we, we stay, blissfully ignorant and unaware. So don't allow yourselves to be blissfully ignorant. Listen to guys like Adam. He's crazy smart. He's kind of crazy. You know, he's nuts. He's out there, but he explains himself so well. Adam, your show is dope, man. Like, thanks for having yeah, me on. Yeah, crazy enough to tell the truth when the lies are so pacifying. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm glad that you're speaking out against the infantilization of, of Americans, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that is huge. Uh, infantilization. for it, it, It's this talking down by Democrats and Republicans. And I, and I, I hope if anybody uh, in Kern County who might have the honor to vote for Kelly Cardin is listening, I think you'd be happy to make this pledge that he will never talk to you like an idiot or a child or in any way demean you and make part of his messaging. He's smarter or better than you and therefore deserves to have government authority over you because that is a big part of what we're up against. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. All right. Thank you very much for joining us, Kelly, and for being a great addition to the theme of today's show. We got that website, Carden for Kern. Card is in card, like a playing card with a C, card, E-N, card, N, the number four, and Kern, K-E-R-N, Kern, as in Kern County, California, Carden for Kern. Dot com. If you're in a position to volunteer, if you're working for the FBI and you're looking for an effective campaign to infiltrate, check out that website. If you're a genuine libertarian activist looking to promote a candidate with a good head on his shoulders and a sense of principled messaging and the right reasons for why we're doing this, check it out. Volunteer, sign up or donate to Kelly Cardin's campaign. Retribution already waiting, Cardin. You are the awesome brother. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kelly. Thanks, guys. All right. Let's get Steve back up on screen here to get to a few more of our uh, Wikipedia story. We had a Wikipedia research day of a show for Adam versus the man. Uh, Is everybody enjoying this as much as I am, Steve? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Kelly brought up the Mises caucus. And then I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. uh, I hadn't thought about controlled opposition as the Mises caucus. There, I would not deny that there are a lot of great, yeah. well-intentioned people uh, in the Mises Caucus doing great, effective work. If it's centralized and controlled by a corrupt organization or corruptible organization, is that better than perhaps creating something decentralized and cultural-based, um, more of a movement? You know, we are the Mises movement. Um, and like the Boogaloo movement, it, it can all be infiltrated. It can all be subverted. And, and, and I hope that's uh, an important part of the awareness that people get out of today's talk that 
kitty porn on your computer. Uh, we're going to threaten your kid. Who's uh, your, You got a kid in jail? Oh, you know how they were about to get paroled and get out instead of three years late? You know, three years they got left on their sentence. Yeah, we're just, hey, I can pull that string. If you don't play ball with me, we're just going to make sure your kid does another three years in jail. You know, anybody can be turned. Anybody can be swayed. And it's, it's a fucked up dynamic that we have to acknowledge of the reality of living under the government or with the government with which we do. Steve, any other comments uh, that, that we didn't get to that, that you want to make sure got shared today? Oh, let's see here. No, there's... Uh, uh, no, most, most of it's all along the same vein from the chat. Even when Kelly was talking, everyone kind of was off in their own little comment <laughs> comment right. section so well let's let, let's get back to the the wikipedia articles then the the next yeah. one on our stack was agent provocateur and uh this is just uh, a term that uh, uh, that we need to know in order to appreciate the strategy behind it uh an inciting agent a person who commits or who acts sometimes another person to commit an illegal or rash act or falsely implicate them and partaking in an illegal act. So as to ruin the reputation or entice legal action as the target or group they belong to or are perceived to belong to, they may target any group, such as a peaceful protest or demonstration, a union, a political party, or a company in jurisdictions in which conspiracy is a serious crime in itself and can be sufficient for the agent provocateur to entrap the target into discussing and planning an illegal act. It is not necessary for the illegal act to be carried out or even prepared. Prevention of infiltration by agents, provocateurs, as part of the duty of demonstration marshals, also called stewards, deployed by organizers of large or controversial assemblies. Do we have that? Do we have any of those in the LP or in any LP events? I mean, have we really, uh, we really employed any kind of defensive tactic against against even agents, provocateurs? No. We have a sergeant at arms, but that's more to keep the leadership keeping the body in control rather than to protect the body from infiltration. Perhaps perhaps it's time to start appointing marshals in our movement or within our organizations to be responsible for uh, such internal security, so to speak. But Next if, subject up. Sorry. But on that regard. What if the whole founding of the Libertarian Party is is solely to use us as controlled opposition? Then we'd be policing the controlled opposition for controlled opposition. <laughs> I would say it's possible. Whole thing is, yeah. But but the reason the Libertarian Party has the potential is that it represents the electoral power being taken away from the system as it is. The fundamental threat of the Libertarian Party is fuck your Republicans, fuck your Democrats, fuck your coercive government. We're going to be in charge. That is big. As long as the statement of principles is the statement of principles, that will always be true for me. It is quite possible that in a functionary way, what you said is already true. It's possible that it was not true at the beginning and is true now. It's possible that it was true at the beginning and is not true now or has been true to various degrees more likely throughout the course of the party history. 
I would think it's much more likely that the party started as an organic thing and quickly became infiltrated and subverted and, and neutered in order to be maintained as controlled opposition. So in a sense, when we say we're policing this, we're not, yeah, were we policing something that is primarily being used as controlled opposition? Yes, but first policing it so that it may become not that, so that it may have some role in achieving its stated purpose. So I don't, I think the Libertarian Party, my, my, aside from all of the decentralized things like Bitcoin and crypto, which are absolutely huge and all this, all the cultural things, things like the thick red line project, as in, you know, you don't cross the line of enforcing victimless crimes. If you're a cop, that's a great way of reaching out to the enforcement class of government to get them to stop serving their masters. But at some point, we must apply the quote from Henry David Thoreau, who said, for every thousand striking at the branches of evil, there is one striking the root. And Steve, I can tell that you're already on this course of thought with me, trying to say, how do we get to the root? How do we strike it? Because clearly it is not everything we are doing in the movement right now. And because we are ignoring this fundamental dynamic, much of our effort is wasted. So to the next article, the next tactic, Denial and Deception is a Western theoretical framework for conceiving and analyzing military intelligence techniques pertaining to secrecy and deception originating in the 1980s. It is roughly based on the more pragmatic Soviet practices of Maskirovka, which preceded the D&D conceptualization by decades, but is a more theoretical approach compared to the latter. So obviously this is not like a, this is not a new tactic. This is a new way that they think of this tactic and identify it in government paperwork. So the description in the D&D framework, if only it was Dungeons and Dragons, denial and deception are seen as distinct but compl complementary endeavors. Denial most often involves security and concealment to prevent foreign agents, photographic surveillance, electronic monitoring, or even the media from revealing secretive diplomatic or military matters. Deception is the construction of a false reality for the adversary through intentionally leaked false information false stories implanted in the media, dummy or decoy structures or military formations or numerous other measures. For example, the Japanese information warfare campaign that preceded the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. The D&D approach identifies as a denial measure the twice repeated change in naval call signs affected by the Imperial Navy between 1 November and 1 December, but identifies as a deception measure the Japanese Foreign Office announcement that a large Japanese liner would sail to California on 2 December to evacuate Japanese citizens. I don't think I have to say much to point out that when so much of our federal government's attention is turned inward against its own citizens, that the same techniques may, I think may is a very conservative, cautious word in describing this, may be used against American dissidents. Fair enough, Steve? Here we go. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I don't hope, I mean, I hope anybody that's watching is open-minded enough to go and maybe not necessarily read the Wikipedia parts, but scroll all the way to the bottom and go to the sources 
and and just spend some time reading and this is not disputed history yeah just just go read you have to you have to acknowledge it you have to admit it you have to verify it you have to apply it so we are going to go a little long on today's show I, i've just decided we're gonna we're not going to try to wrap this up in four and a half minutes we're gonna go 10 15 over at least just to make sure that we thoroughly cover uh the these few remaining wikipedia articles uh if that's all right with everybody uh first mark felt mark william mark felt senior born august 17 1913 died december 18 2008 was an american law enforcement officer who worked for the fbi from 1942 to 1973 and was known for his role in the watergate scandal Felt was an FBI special agent who eventually rose to the position of associate director, the Bureau's second highest ranking post. Felt worked in several FBI field offices prior to his promotion to the Bureau's headquarters. In 1980, he was convicted of having violated the civil rights of people thought to be associated with members of the Weather Underground by ordering FBI agents to <clears throat> break into their homes and search the premises as part of an attempt to prevent bombings. He was ordered to pay a fine, but was pardoned by President Ronald Reagan during his appeal. Mm-hmm. In 2005, at age 91, Felt revealed to Vanity Fair magazine that during his tenure as associate director of the FBI, he had been the notorious anonymous source known as Deep Throat, who provided the Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein with critical information about the Watergate scandal, which ultimately led to the resignation of President Richard Nixon in 1974. Though Felt's identity as Deep Throat was suspected, including by Nixon himself, it had generally remained secret for 30 years. Felt finally acknowledged he was Deep Throat after being persuaded by his daughter to reveal his identity before his death. And he has two memoirs that uh, I recommend getting into. I include this simply as one example to put a face to who we ascribe as responsible for this. And I would be remiss to not mention the name Scott Camille. He's one of the good guys, Scott Camille, but as a victim uh, during this era of similar sabotage, Scott Camille was a Marine who did two tours in Vietnam, was shot overseas, came home, was pro-war, as I was at one point, was a critical member of the winter soldier testimonies of Vietnam veterans against the war, as I was with Iraq veterans against the war in his story. It ends a little differently. He's still alive, but certainly an ending came to his activism career as we knew it. When the DEA or FBI sent an attractive young female to be an undercover agent as his girlfriend, who then introduced him to two other agents who set him up on an FBI uh, heroin entrapment. And when he figured out what it was, he tried to get out of the car and in the process was shot in the back twice. Scott Camille lived to be tried on conspiracy to purchase heroin and other silly charges as part of this entrapment for which he was found by the jury not guilty as they identified it as entrapment and suggested that the agents involved be tried for attempted murder. Can you guess what happened to them, Steve? Did they, did they disappear? No, no. The same as Mark Felton. Oh, man. They got promoted. 
Now, to the next one, mass surveillance in the United States. The practice of mass surveillance in the United States dates back to wartime monitoring and censorship of internal international communications from to or which passed through the United States after the First and Second World Wars. Mass surveillance continued through the Cold War period via programs such as the Black Chamber and Project Shamrock, the formation and growth of federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies such as the FBI, CIA, and NSA institutionalized surveillance used to also silence political defense as evidenced by COINTELPRO projects, which targeted various organizations and individuals during the civil rights movement era. Many individuals put under surveillance orders were first labeled as integrationists, then deemed subversive and sometimes suspected to be supportive of the communist model of the United States rival at the time, the Soviet Union. Other targeted individuals and groups included Native American activists, African American and Chicago liberation movement activists and anti-war protesters. And I, I will point out the, the relevance of the uh, be wary of chasing monsters lest you become one for those perhaps honest agents of the united states who thought that they were pursuing a freedom-based model for government decided to chase down communists in violation of the principles of freedom and whoops what do you know a few decades later and again look at the 10 planks of the communist manifesto and judge for yourself to what degree they are all in effect here in the United States today. Next, NSA warrantless surveillance, 2001 to 2007. Also commonly referred to as warrantless wiretapping. Wiretaps refers to the surveillance of persons within the United States, including U.S. citizens during the collection of notionally foreign intelligence by the National Security Agency as part of the terrorist surveillance program. In late 2001, the NSA was authorized to monitor, without obtaining a FISA warrant, the phone calls, internet activity, text messages, and other communication involving any party believed by the NSA to be outside the U.S., even if the other end of the communication lay within the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of this we only know because of Edward Snowden, because of a whistleblower. And this is because, this is, this is why I say that this is the only patriotic thing to do if you work for one of these alphabet soup agencies is to become a whistleblower, to stand with the people of the world, not against us and with the institutions that clearly stand against everything it means to be human, to be free. In this article about warrantless surveillance, anonymity networks, Edward Snowden copied and leaked thousands of classified NSA documents to journalists. The information revealed the access of some federal agencies to the public's online identity and led to wider use of anonymizing technologies. In late 2013, soon after Snowden's leaks, it was loosely calculated that encrypting browsing software such as Tor, I2P, and Freenet had combined to more than double in size, and approximately 1,050,000 total machines legitimately use the networks on a daily basis, announcing to an anonymous population that is about 
0.011% of all machines currently connected to the internet. And I don't think they work anyway, by the way. I think any of that, I mean, on your phone that you bought from government communications, government cell phone company, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, whatever the fuck, AT&T, they want to call their front offices. And even if they were genuinely products of the free market as opposed to extensions of government through corporatism, would you really believe that government doesn't have a back door to every device when they can put any one of those businesses out of business simply for not cooperating? So next on our list, Operation Mockingbird, an alleged large-scale program of the United States CIA that began in the early years of the Cold War and attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. Again, CIA, scaling down one level. Keep in mind, the Democratic and Republican parties each have annual budgets of about $2 billion. Do you think they're not using some of that money to subvert the narrative in their direction through dishonest means when they're doing it so openly through honest and quasi-honest means and biased media? What do you have there, Steve? Clairvoyant amnesiac speaking truth, Adam. Thank you. Uh, according to author Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into a propaganda network and influenced the operation of front groups. CIA support of front groups was exposed in a 1967 Ramparts magazine article which reported that the NS, excuse me, not the NSA, the National Student Association, the other NSA, received funding from the CIA. In 19, so you gotta, so, so Sorry, Steve, if I may take this back to the LP for a second. What groups within the libertarian movement receive outsized funding that the establishment might prefer to be the face of our movement rather than those that represent a more effective message? I would also propose at this point that Alex Jones is controlled opposition. That doesn't make him any less genuine or effective in his effectiveness so far. All it means that his seat is occupied by him when it should be occupied by someone more effective. How did Alex Jones get big? AM radio. That means the gatekeepers wanted him, perhaps, and not Richard Gage of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth to be the face of the 9-11 Truth movement. For us to have a reasoned voice of intelligence saying, this lack of transparency around 9-11 will not stand as opposed to Alex Jones waving, it was I got the documents, it was the lizard people. Which would you rather have your enemy look like if you are the people behind the powers that be? I mean, lizard, you, you want them to look, you want them to look unhinged. You want them to look like Alex Jones uh, initially I mean, he's he's still a bit crazy, but he's, you know, so so that that leads to the interesting point where so Alex Jones lately has been more, you know, dead on accurate in his conspiracies, I guess, than, 
you know, the lizard people are running the world. So has he been turned to some kind of controlled opposition as a Trump supporter? Who's to say? Very suspect. When someone goes from supporting Ron Paul to supporting Donald Trump, not much bigger of an ideological divergence. Let's go from libertarian to authoritarian. No. Oh, because government is corrupt, let's have a better authoritarian. Yeah. Very suspect. Very suspect. Are you aware of Operation Mockingbird, Steve? Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with it. All right, well, we're going to get into this a little bit. Back to the story. In 1975, Church Committee congressional investigations revealed agency connections with journalists and civic groups. In 1973, a document referred to as the Family Jewels was published by the CIA containing a reference to Project Mockingbird, which was the name of an operation in 1963, wiretapping two journalists who believed to be disseminating classified information. The document does not, however, contain references to Operation Mockingbird. So there's background, modern usage, historical studies of the CIA. So to background here in the article. In the early years of the Cold War, efforts were made by the U.S. government to use mass media to influence public opinion internationally. After the United States Senate Watergate Committee in 1973 uncovered domestic surveillance abuses directed by the executive branch of the United States government and the New York Times in 1974 published an article by Seymour Hearst claiming the CIA had violated his charter by spying on anti-war activists. Former CIA officials and some lawmakers called for a congressional inquiry that became known as the Church Committee. Published in 1976, the committee's report confirmed some earlier stories that charged the CIA had cultivated relationships with private institutions, including the press. Without identifying individuals by name, the committee stated it found 50 journalists who had official but secret relationships with the CIA. In a 1977 Rolling Stone magazine article, the CIA and the media reporter Carl Bernstein expanded upon the church committee's report and said that around 400 press members were considered intelligence assets by the CIA, including New York Times publisher Arthur Hayes Sulzberger, columnist and political analyst Stuart Alsop and Time magazine. Bernstein documented the way in which overseas branches of major U.S. news agencies had for many years served as the eyes and ears of Operation Mockingbird, which functioned to disseminate CIA propaganda through domestic U.S. media. Now, I am not the tinfoil hat conspiracy-minded type who would say, and therefore the CIA is doing this today. No, but just look at human history. You must be quite the coincidence theorist if you would suggest to me that this dynamic of media manipulation is not being done by someone in a position of power in order to maintain their power. Such an assertion deserves to be laughed at. Steve, what do you think is the relevance of the manipulation of the media in all of this? Well, <clears throat> luckily, uh, we have some very uh, relevant experiences, uh, thanks to uh, certain recent pandemic events, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and if... Yeah, I mean, just look at look at social media, look at big tech, look at 
the mainstream media, right? So, so they, they will narrative you two sides to every story and it's two sides of control and power and it's the media and there is no separation from the government government and media. I don't know why people still believe that media corporations and the government, uh, even social media, like that they're all, they're all one in the same They They all tie into wanting to push certain things for their own benefit, for their own money, for their own power and their own control. It's, it's blatantly obvious with very little effort on anyone's end to figure that out. Um, the scary part is they're very effective in pushing people to the point where they're so ingrained in their own, in that narrative, that those people won't critically think or do the simple research to figure it out. Um, that's the scary part. I mean, the whole QAnon thing, like that is nuts, right? That's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's socialist brainwashing on the left. Okay, whatever. The, 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 Q, the Q folks, that is some serious, like brainwashing, brain dumping, media narrative control to like convince a, and it's really a certain demographic that's been convinced by it. You know, most most of the QAnon folks I meet aren't young folks. <laughs> They're older folks. And that's interesting. So, yeah. Just well, thank you for bringing all of that into the conversation, Steve, in terms of the social media and the relevance to current censorship. It, it almost deserves a special episode of Adam versus the man to examine deception around COVID objectively. And just, uh, you know, aside from our experience of being censored for medical misinformation with Adam versus the man. All right. So next article, we're going to make this quick Patriot Act. Just for those of you who weren't around in 2001, when this passed effective October 26, 2001, it expanded abilities of law enforcement to surveil, including by tapping domestic and international phones, eased interagency communication to allow federal agencies to more effectively use all available resources in counterterrorism efforts, and increased penalties for terrorism crimes and an expanded list of activities which qualify someone to be charged with terrorism. So uh, I remember Michael Moore doing a great job of, of, of exposing this, even as a liberal from his perspective, going, this is insane for government to take on this power. He, with a bullhorn, when they were voting on this giant act that no members of Congress had even had time to read, reading the act around Congress. Uh, he, his documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11, uh, brilliant examination of a lot of the bullshit that came around the global war on terror following this. But this is in response to 9-11. Regardless of what you believe happened on 9-11, it was used as an excuse to do horrifically unjust things that have led to untold death and human suffering. There's no fucking way around that. That's not speculation. That's acknowledgement of history. And they don't want you to study recent history because that affects the present. They want you to study their whitewashed version of ancient history. We're going back 20 years here to the Patriot Act. And for those of us who lived through it, we do remember it as a major turning point 
and the reality of the state. And a lot of us fought against it. A lot of us in Iraq, veterans against the war, in the anti-war movement, in the civil liberties movement, in the libertarian movement, broader. We saw this as a horrific threat to humanity. And you know what? We lost. The pushback against the Patriot Act did not manifest in any meaningful change in policy. The government gladly embraced and exercised its new powers under the Patriot Act against the will of the people. Up next, state terrorism. State terrorism refers to acts of terrorism which a state conducts against another state or against its own citizen. This is a pretty long Wikipedia article. Uh, maybe not that long, a few pages. It's got a long list. Definition. There is neither an academic nor an international legal consensus regarding the proper definition of the word terrorism. Some scholars believe the actions of governments can be labeled terrorism, using the term terrorism to mean violent action used with it with the predominant intention of causing terror. Paul James and Jonathan Friedman distinguished between state terrorism against non-combatants and state terrorism against combatants, including shock and awe tactics. Now, I did a, a, a presentation in fourth grade on terrorism. And I still remember the definition that I had on my little poster board back then when we were looking at airplane hijackings and scattered bombings before it became the commonplace phenomena that we know it today, uh, we know it as today, where government decides to label certain things terrorism or not in order to scare us of what they want us to be afraid of. But terrorism, as we defined it then, simply was the use of violence or the threat of violence to induce fear in order to achieve political ends. In that sense, Joe Biden threatening the American people with nuclear weapons twice would constitute at least some abstract form of terrorism. You should be so afraid of government that you don't own weapons, that you submit. Be afraid enough to submit, but that's not terrorism because that's just friendly, creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe reminding you of reality. So this list goes by country that is engaged in what Wikipedia accepts as state terrorism. And this is a very brief purview of history now that we are already 18 minutes over the normal time of this show. China. The Uyghur American Association has claimed that the mili Beijing's military approach to terrorism in Xinjiang is state terrorism. The Chinese state has also been accused of state terrorism in Tibet. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Chinese oppression of the Uyghurs in the north and the Tibetans in the south. Abundant examples of state terrorism. France. The sinking of the Rainbow Warrior took place in New Zealand's Auckland Harbor on 10 July 1985, carried out by French DGSE agents Captain Dominique Prior and Commander Alain Moffat, aimed at sinking the flagship craft of the Greenpeace organization to, in order to stop her from interfering in French nuclear testing in the South Pacific. The attack resulted in the death of Greenpeace photographer Fernando Pereira and led to a huge uproar over the first attack 
ever on New Zealand's sovereignty. France initially denied involvement, even condemned it as a terrorist act. But finally, there was an apology and a 13 million New Zealand dollar payment from France to New Zealand. Oh, so it resulted in one government giving another government money, not the victims. Not the, uh, I'm sure some of it went to the families of the victims. India points you to a main article, India and state-sponsored terrorism. Iran points you to a main article, Iran and state-sponsored terrorism. Israel, no shit. Yes, there's another article, Israel and state-sponsored terrorism. And I would have no doubt that it at least includes some mention of the 1967 bombing of the sinking of the USS Liberty, an important part of recent American-Israeli history often written out of the textbooks. Italy, see also strategy of tension and Operation Gladio. Libya, in the 1980s, Libya under Muammar Gaddafi was accused of state terrorism following attacks abroad such as, such as the Lockerbie bombing. How much of that was set up? Because Muammar Gaddafi was deposed, remember that? And it's part of the Arab Spring cover for so much other covert fuckery. Myanmar has been accused of state terrorism in its internal conflict. North Korea, uh, the Rangoon bombing, Gimpo International Airport bombing in 1987. North Korean agents detonated a bomb on Korean Air Flight 858, killing everybody aboard. Pakistan gets its own article, Pakistan and state-sponsored terrorism. Soviet Union and state-sponsored terrorism. Red terror, white terror, and great purge. South Africa, 1982 bombing of the African National Congress headquarters in London, Spain, See also GAL, paramilitary group, Sri Lanka. Sri, they get their own article. Sri Lanka and state terrorism. Syria, state terrorism by Syria. The UK, the British state has been accused of involvement in state terrorism in the Northern Ireland conflict from the 1960s to the 1990s by covertly assisting the loyalist paramilitaries. And then we get to the United States. They're in order. Don't worry. Well, we'll Uzbekistan is included. There is state, ter state terrorism by Uzbekistan. But before that, yes, there is a main article, United States and state terrorism. See also Operation Condor, Dirty War, Mexico, and Central American Crisis. And then two long, meaty paragraphs We'll have to skip, except let's, I, let's just as a, as a brief dip into it. Declassified documents from the U.S. Embassy in Jakarta in 2017 confirmed that the U.S. directly facilitated and encouraged the mass murder of hundreds of thousands of suspected communists in Indonesia during the mid-60s. The reason I point out that sentence in particular The more we uncover about history, the more we realize that governments themselves were responsible and the more powerful and centralized governments, the more evil and more culpable for all of the great tragedies of human history. And we found out only as recently as 2017 that in the 60s, yes, the United States government directly facilitated and encouraged the mass murder of hundreds of thousands in Indonesia. Up next, surveillance and abuse. We're gonna bring this back to a little more pragmatic, perhaps. 
immediate implication. Surveillance abuse is the use of surveillance methods or technology to monitor the activity of an individual or group in a way which violates the social norms or laws of a society. During the FBI's COINTELPRO operations, <clears throat> there was widespread surveillance abuse which targeted political dissidents, primarily people from the political left and civil rights movement. Other abuses include love int, which refers to the practice of secret service employees using their extensive monitoring capabilities to spy on their love interest or spouse. We're going to get a little further. Don't worry. The last articles we're covering today are about the depths of the evil that we are facing. Steve, you want to say what Ed had to weigh in with here? Yeah. So Ed was... Uh kind of going along the surveillance thing. He, he said he finally turned on his FBI phone to get his contacts out of it. <laughs> uh, first, he switched his SIM cards with a smash phone he found on the freeway. And then we got... Uh, well, I had a comment from Magnus somewhere. Ah, FBI in their new court filing, 12 informants for those six guys in the Governor Whitmer case. Twelve informants for six dudes means that they were plants, they were honeypots, they made it happen, that the people who are being set up were victims of entrapment. Thank you, Panvidia. It's an honor to have one of the, the icons of activism and symbolic leader of the uh, Boogaloo movement uh, tuning into today's show. I think it's an especially important and relevant topic for you and your organization as well. Thank you for joining us. Um, and for those who didn't catch it, yes, it's Ed Vallejo, our co-host team captain for Adam vs. the Man, who uh, was at the Capitol on January 6th, who had his cell phone borrowed by the FBI. If you want to look that up, it is on this YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adam Kokesh, wherever you want to find that. FBI visits Gardenia to steal cell phone. With my apologies to the FBI at this point, I must admit they didn't steal it. They simply borrowed it without permission, as they were for once telling the truth, and they brought it back within weeks. Very interesting case. But it makes it all the more offensive that they took it at all when they could have said, we have a device, we're going to plug it into your phone and rip all the data off it. That's what we have a warrant for. They have the technology. Why do they have to be dickheads about it? Why do they have to? I mean, I couldn't just walk away from my cell phone as elegantly as Ed had. Um, and any other critical comments before I do uh, I do my last? We, we have our last three stories to drive the point home. That's crazy. Nice hat, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's a good hair day. Too yeah. good of a hair day than you deserved. As awesome as the anniversary of the man audience is, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just too epic. Um, yeah. So <laughs> to, to the next, we get to Zersetzung. Zersetzung. Oof. German for decomposition is a psychological warfare technique used by the Ministry for State Security, the Stasi, to replace political opponents in East Germany during the 70s and 80s. Or Setsun served to combat alleged and actual dissidents through covert means using secret methods of abusive control and psychological manipulation to prevent anti-government activities. Eric Honecker's succession to Walter Ulbricht as first, as first secretary of the Socialist Unity Party of Germany in May 1971 saw an evolution of operational procedures conducted at, I got to say it, Operative Borgang, conducted by Stasi away from the overt terror of the Ulbricht era towards what came to be known as Der Sutzung, 
Anwendung von Mansatem der Zersetzung, which was formalized by Directive 176 on the development and revision of operational procedures in January 1976. The Stasi used operational psychology and, extens and its extensive network between 170,000 and 500,000 500, informal collaborators in offiziale mitarbeiter. Mitarbeiter just means to work with. Arbeit. Arbeit mat frei. Work makes free. Mit with. Mitarbeiter. Inoffiziale. Inofficial. Or I guess informal. To launch personalized psychological attacks against targets to damage their mental health and lower chances of hostile action against the state. Among the collaborators were youths as young as 14 years of age. Steve, get up here for a second. I have to in interject. How many times do we say libertarians are crazy? They were a little out there. That as a whole, or, yeah, you can't count it, can't. I mean, it happens at least a hundred times a day. So, how much? How much of it is a rational form of crazy? Of holy shit, the mainstream is is, is sick and perverted, and 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 we must stand not just aside it, but athwart its continued perversion. There's well, a certain so self madmaking and just acknowledging that reality, let alone what they might be pushing us into in terms of actual pathology. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I retweeted something this morning where I was like, I was like, you know, libertarians aren't all like fringe crazies. Right. When I started thinking after I, I retweeted something that, that some journalist said, and I was like, man, actually, I'm like probably to the, to the brainwashed, like, I probably am a fringe crazy person, you know, like that's a like, but why not? Because they made you that way deliberately through social media manipulation, through other propaganda, through other forms of asymmetric warfare and state terrorism, as they would call it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially you, and I, yeah, you and I all having you and I being military veterans, right? Like, you know, what, what do they love to describe us as? crazy right we can't control ourselves it is important to keep in mind that ptsd is a healthy response to an unhealthy situation yeah and so is activism it is how they discount we who have proven that we act with others interests at heart as people who would put our lives on the line to defend whatever it was by illusion we thought we were defending. Having lived through that most real of government experiences, we are the most grounded because we have lived through life and death situations. We have trained for and debriefed from life and death situations. We have willingly and enthusiastically faced a part of reality that most human beings do not in death and are uniquely gifted as such. The ones who can face reality at the highest of stakes where most are too afraid to even look at it. It shines so bright for eyes kept in the dark as to be blinding. 
And it is all the more reason as society, as a whole human family, at some point, we must without reservation stare into this bright light of the truth. And it takes confidence. It takes a certain confidence in yourself, your sanity, your reality to say that this is what is real. I am right and you are wrong. Look at the truth. The use of Zersetsung is well documented due to Stasi files published after East Germany's Wende with several thousands or up to 10,000 individuals estimated to have become victims and 5,000 of whom sustained irreversible damage. Special pensions for restitution have been created for Zersetsung victims. I could go further into the definition, the operations, the historical and political contexts and goals. Skipping ahead to in practice, the Stasi used Zersetsung essentially as a means of psychological oppression and persecution. Findings of operational psychology were formulated into method at the Stasi's College of Law and applied to political opponents in an effort to undermine their self-confidence and self-esteem. Operations were designed to intimidate and destabilize them by subjecting them to repeated disappointment and to socially alienate them by interfering with and disrupting their relationships with others, as in social undermining. The aim was to induce personal crises in victims, leaving them too unnerved and psychologically distressed to have the time and energy for anti-government activism. The Stasi internally, uh, sorry, the Stasi intentionally concealed their role as mastermind of the operations. Author Jorgen Fuchs was a victim of Zersetsung and wrote about his experience describing the Stasi's actions as psychosocial crime and an assault on the human soul. Although its techniques had been used effectively by the late 1950s, Zersetsung was not rigorously defined until the mid-1970s and only then began to be carried out in a systemic manner in the 70s and 80s. It is difficult to determine how many people were targeted since the sources have been deliberately and considerably redacted. It is known, however, that the tactics varied in scope and the number of different departments implemented them. Overall, there was a ratio of four or five authorized Zersetsung operators for each targeted group and three for each individual. Some sources indicate that around 5,000 people were persistently victimized by Zersetsung. At the College of Legal Studies, the number of dissertations submitted on the subject of Zersetsung was in double figures. It also had a comprehensive 50-page Zersetsung teaching manual, which included numerous examples of its practice. There's a whole separate section here about use against individuals, use against groups and social relations. Targeted groups included artist groups critical of the government, religious opposition groups, youth subculture groups, groups, groups supporting the above. How much human progress 
is held back by this to this day. How much of this is only discovered decades after it has had some disastrous effect, some turning of the arc of human history towards injustice? Another way we see this connected to present reality, if I may take a glance at the Producers Club, American Military News has this headline. And uh, I got to say thank you to Retribution for sharing this there. Capitol Police use Army surveillance gear to monitor Americans and identify emerging threats. This is a new quasi-secret police being rolled out. The Capitol Police, with minimal accountability, prior restricted to securing the Capitol, now using January 6 as the excuse to set up field offices all over the country. So on our Wikipedia list, we go next to list of FBI controversies. And no, I'm not going to read anywhere near all of them. I it mm. files on U.S. citizens, domestic surveillance, covert, covert operations on political groups, files on Puerto Rican independence advocates, activities in Latin America, Violo Lito, 1996 campaign finance controversy, internal investigations of shootings, the Whitney Bulger or the Whitey Bulger case, <coughs> excuse me, Robert Hansen, the death of Filiberto Ojeda Rios, Associated Press impersonation case, Wikipedia edits. Oh, really? Wikipedia. The very source by which we are reading all of this is subject to their manipulation, too. <laughs> 14, Florida school shooting, Hillary Clinton email investigation, James Comey dismissal, IG probe, FBI surveillance since 2010, and then Section 18. See also PRISM, a mass surveillance NSA program. See also NSA. See also CIA, see also backdoor parentheses computing, an installation made on a computer in order to break into computer. <laughs> one more, one more article that I, I, I have to share in this stack today, going 40 minutes over. My apologies to everyone inconvenienced by this. Thank you for hanging with us. The depths to which current bureaucracies are capable of driving individuals to evil. For this, we go to the UK undercover policing relationship scandal. Around the end of 2010 and during 2011, it was disclosed in UK media that a number of undercover police officers had as part of their false persona entered into intimate relations relationships with members of targeted groups and in some cases proposed marriage or fathered children with protesters who were unaware their partner was a police officer in a role as part of their official duties. Various legal actions followed, including eight women who took action against the Metropolitan Police and Association of Police of Chief Police officers stating they were deceived into long-term relationships by five officers, including Mark Kennedy, the first officer to be identified as such who was publicly identified on 21 October 2010 as infiltrating social and environmental justice campaigns and Mark Kennedy himself, who claimed in turn that he had been incompetently handled by his superiors and denied psychological counseling, according to The Guardian, about citation needed on that. According to The Guardian, Kennedy sued the police for ruining his life and failing to protect him from falling in love with one of the environmental activists 
whose movement he infiltrated. Now, quick sidebar. I am not in any way hopeful for any personal compensation for all of the things I have been wrongly arrested for over the years. I just want the truth. I just want a fucking whistleblower. All of this. There are a number of times I've, I've sued government. I have one case right now live, which is really aside from all of this, my shall ID case with the unjustified arrest in New Orleans, which has been between, she's been before a panel of the Louisiana Supreme Court for a very unusual amount of time at this point. And I'm not hoping for any meaningful resolution there either. Honestly, Steve, after having seen Johnny Hurley shot by police in Colorado and John McAfee murdered in a Spanish prison, I just want to survive this shit. I believe we are going to win. I believe this is not going to last forever. That with the power of the internet and the truth button one click away with the ability to share information like this, this evil as institutionalized is coming to an end one way or another. I want to live to see it. I, uh, I think it'll happen. I think, I think the movement will get to see it. Uh, my, I guess my opinion and view on it is that more of us will die before that happens. And it might be you, it might be me, it might be both of us, it might be a hundred of us. It could stop tomorrow, Steve. Do you not realize that? It's not going to stop tomorrow. It, it could. could. It could. One whistleblower. One whistleblower. And no one else has to die. And humanity can go back to having a fair conversation, at least maybe for once, can for once have a fair conversation about how we move forward in this world. Has to be one whistleblower with the caveat that people listen to them. Do enough people, not enough people care about Adam versus the man. Not enough people will share this episode. I hope some do. I hope some see what we have covered today as a uniquely capable lesson for taking the, the freedom movement and really activists around the world to an appropriate level of awareness. I would like to follow this up with an article about practical deterrence and detection of such sabotage and political repression and how to protect yourself and all the things that I do, how I have lived so long. I believe I've been managed because executing me would get more people to read my book. Dead <laughs> authors are much more popular than living authors. That's the only reason I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm managed. I am I am censored. I am kept like the Libertarian Party neutered and ineffective. That's my theory. I think this begs a lot more questions and perhaps a handful more of special episodes to get into this. But there are a number of things that I do and practices in my life that I think I make me slight like slightly less likely to get McAfee'd. We can bring us all back to COINTELPRO. 
I don't know why I like that branding. Is that the one Wikipedia page we want everybody to read first? Yeah. Everything else is linked from there, one or two degrees of Kevin Bacon Wikipedia links away from the uh, Wikipedia page for COINTELPRO. It's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. You look at the history. I mean, we read the intended effects. Should I close on this, Steve? Should I read read the intended effects one more time? Yeah, let's let's close on that. It's gonna be yeah. Any before I before I do before I, I'm gonna I'm gonna close on this and wrap up. Any uh, any other essential comments from the audience? Any any, uh, any any final thoughts from you, Steve? Let's get Jim up here. Jim, Let's why don't you do the producer notes? Why don't you do the producer notes? Uh, real quick, mention mention the links we want to promote here. Okay, the producers club. Good. Go ahead, do the producers notes. Okay, we'll get that knocked out real quick. Hope you're enjoying the show and a half we ran for you today, everybody. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man is where you can easily find all the links to all of the different ones. You won't have to do your own searching on the website. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man is where you can go to support the show financially. One, five, ten, or fifty dollars a month is what you can give. Uh, Instagram is at the Garden of Freedom is the handle where you can visually see the personal life of everything that's going on up in Gardenia with Adam. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com is a veterans nonprofit organization uh, that we are promoting that every all donations sent to homefrontbattlebuddies.com is tax deductible. The crypto6.com is up for all of your uh, so you can donate cryptocurrencies to the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. And gogreenenergyonline.com is the website, of course, we send you to if you want to learn more about doing it yourself, learning more about solar powers, uh, solar panels, micro wind power, etc. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a great day. All right. Well, Jim, before you hold on, Jim, before you take yourself off screen, oh. uh, I understand that uh, you've, you've been with me long enough from a distance and close as producer and co-host, Brown versus the man, that you've seen some of this. You've experienced at least, at very least, Adam versus the man's public side of this with censorship and demonetization and manipulation by YouTube and being labeled medical misinformation for political punditry. Right. 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 Is there anything? Uh, so, and, and, and before we go, and you know what, we probably will end up making this a full show and a half because I, I do have a few sections of the COINTEL pro page. <laughs> I have to cover here to make this complete just to, just to drive the point home. Uh, do you feel that there's anything this episode is missing? Uh, no, not really. I, if anything, I'd just like to reiterate that. Like, I, I was just thinking as we're running the show, and it's mostly just text. There's no fun visuals. There's no fun videos. We're learning a lot today. Like, these, these are the things that I'm talking about in my mind when I'm on a comment thread somewhere, and I just throw a general comment out there that I tell someone they need to read more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. this is the type of yes. shit they need to read. This is stuff yes. that people need because the, the the information is there. The information is available. Like you keep saying, you know, we the internet one click away. It just, I mean, it's really easy. It, it, sometimes it can be difficult on more complex issues, obviously. But on the on the very general level of everything, are we literally actually being maliciously screwed by the government? 
the absolute 100% concrete evidence and proof and everything you need to solidify that fact is easily accessible all over the internet. So all yeah. you have to do is go to the sources, click on the sources, use your logic to determine, oh, this website doesn't have any contact information, doesn't have any links, doesn't have any sources. You should probably look somewhere else and, and try to find something else on that subject that has clickable sources that you can reach into. And shit like this tells you exactly what's going on. And it's worse than you think. It's worse than you currently think it is right now. And if you would read more, you would realize that. And the quicker a mass, uh, a critical mass of, of us realize how bad it really is and get the fire under our ass to actually do something about it, that's when we'll start seeing active change. You know, So I, th I think today's episode while not visually stimulating and having fun, cool stories from around the world, I think it's critically important. You know, I'll say that. Steve. <sighs> yeah. I mean, very heavy episode. <laughs> um, you know, I, I said earlier, just, and I'll reiterate what Jim said, this, this is stuff you have to read. This is stuff you have to set, time aside like set some time aside read like co intel pro tonight click on a different link tomorrow hey, you don't you don't have to read anything because adam did it for you share that well, versus the man co -Intel pro edition. all over again if you need to but, they, but. It, yeah i mean you know it's 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 stuff that i think with repetition you can start if people are say just opening their eyes right this, this is yeah, stuff it's not it's not enough thank you steve it's not enough to just watch this episode without thinking you have to one way or another internalize it i think after you read this after you watch this episode you have to at least go pull up the wikipedia page for cointelpro poke around some of the links see it in black and white for yourself you and nothing for else yourself. yeah but then you yeah. really have to validate it for yourself in, 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 by integrating it with your worldview. Yeah. And then the important thing is, I think, I think a lot of, maybe this may be where we lose like some, some libertarians and like some of the, some energy is don't be scared <laughs> with what, with what you might find to be true. Right. Like if, if, if you start noticing the trends and you start really, you know, accepting some of this as truth which from my standpoint a lot of it is don't be scared right you're not you're not alone in thinking this there's there's quite a there's quite a lot of us and and that's that's the thing is, is a lot of people get scared and you know i think i think sometimes they get scared and they they kind of back off and they kind of recuse themselves from you know being being more energetic and being more uh, participatory but they'll be scared I mean, uh, if, if they're going to go after anybody, it's going to be like people like me and Adam. <laughs> so, you know, there's no worry about scared it. Of. That's the thing, though, is there the, the, the fear is of saying something and then becoming somebody like you that people listen to. You know what I'm saying? That they don't want to even say it in the beginning because they're afraid people will listen and then they'll get uh, McAfee, McAfee, you know, life, life. So this this is my like life. Life you you don't get to determine <clears throat> whether you get selected by people to be a voice or a leader. 
right? It just happens. Life life determines that for you. So don't yeah. be scared. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to challenge you too much here, but I just want to offer a different angle, I guess, because it's almost counterproductive to say don't be scared because you really should be scared. There's shit to be scared of. What you really have to get, in my opinion, you have to get to the point where you realize that, yeah, even though it's scary, this is something that we have to be willing to give our lives for because what the hell was the option, the other option, you know? Let me let me let me square this then, because I get asked oftentimes, how am I so brave or why are you so brave for civil disobedience, for combat bravery, et cetera, et cetera. And camera. Oh, it looks like I lost my. Oh. You just made everybody look like my dog when I mentioned if he wants to go outside. <laughs> Did his internet die? <laughs> uh, he may be reconnecting. I'm straight. God, he was about to say something diabolical too. I, I know. Real fucked up about. I was it. so ready for this. Mm, damn. Man, to give him a few seconds. That's anticlimactic. What happens for when you run a show and a half? You know, he's. He, that's the good thing about Adam. He can he can do all the technical shit he has to do right now to reconnect, and then uh, he'll he'll still have his thought when he gets back. It's like he built us Somebody up. like me, I would lose my thought altogether. I would fix my problem and I'd get back and say, oh, shit, what were we talking about? But Adam's seasoned. He'll remember He'll remember the context of the conversation. Like, I hope so, because otherwise this will be the most anticlimactic ending to an episode ever. <laughs> I know. It's such an epic episode. And then we're just like, and uh, so see you later, guys. Peace Be out. like, so uh, I can't read but, Adam's mind, everybody. So just to keep it on the, on the, on the discussion we were on, though, you know, it's like, you have to respect or there have you have to acknowledge that there's a level of fear you have to acknowledge oh yeah, you uh, can acknowledge that there's fear. something to be afraid of i guess yeah yeah, yeah you, but, can, you can acknowledge the fear but it's it's you can't so when i say don't be scared i mean don't don't be don't let it stop you yeah don't don't let it now. control you because that's that's what they want is they want right if if you do stumble across stuff that you believe in and that you think is wrong and and maybe there's a whole lot of evidence that supports it right is is it's it's okay to be fearful of of the all-powerful entity right that's that's a valid fear but you can't let it control where you know your 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 life or your heart or your mind takes you right like that's you know uh, someone asked me the other day they're like why why run for governor of arizona like what what and it's sort of just you know, the pieces just kind of, all the pieces just kind of fell and it was sort of inevitable, right? It was, it was like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> right? right. It's like, yeah, okay, I can do this. That's fine. Um, and it's, you know, you know, I don't think, I don't think some of us want to like actively constantly be like, some political voice and end up political prisoners and all this other crazy shit like Ross and Snowden and all that. But at, at right. some point, you know, certain things and certain beliefs and certain movements, especially liberty in America, which is the most ridiculous shit that we have a liberty movement in the free country of America, which is a whole other yeah. fucking thing. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's sometimes things just fall in, and you have, there's just a natural direction you have to go. So, you know, acknowledge the fear, acknowledge 
the things that may happen. Um, but don't be scared if those if those natural dominoes fall into effect, you know? Yeah, yeah. True enough, man. So I'm not sure if he's coming back now. I, <laughs> I uh yeah, I mean I tried to I tried to make that somewhat uh a closure, I guess. <laughs> If he can't he's come be back, he's got to be back on and just. Oh man, this is, this is something. That's funny. It's the the thirteenth. Oh, it's not Friday. Tuesday. Oh, Joey said he's coming back. Yep, he lost. Oh, they power. lost power. Oh, now we know what happened. See yeah. if you know that's the co-host chat. Well, anyways, everybody, yeah, you can. Uh, oh well, I still have the CoIntelPro page pulled up. Let's let's get a musical interlude. How about that? <laughs> Barely got a tiny hit out of the resin in the back of it. That's horrible. He'll be back. Let me remove this. Perfect. Oh, we- yeah. <laughs> well, we gotta keep we gotta keep talking how are y'all doing in the comment section yeah let me check on the comments here you've been uh, uh, not to be critical on you here but there Look, haven't man. been many comments popping up man i'm looking for them uh epstein is not dead McCat mcafee dead epstein not dead uh, i don't know about that look man uh i mean if he's not dead he should be all right Little creepy king pedophile. Anyways, uh, he hate me agrees with you. He said he's saying have the courage to face the fear. Yeah. Uh, so also, yeah. there's a there's a quote. I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was, you know, some military general. And uh, he said, you know, uh, you know, it's it's along the lines of be brave, right? So not always is bravery because of intelligence or courage. Sometimes it's because of stupidity. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, we could. We could be uh, completely off base here and just be really stupid, but um, I think the evidence—I think the evidence—is uh, is overwhelming in support of a lot of what we believe and what we feel, and, and what we feel must be uh, moved in the right direction to, you know, be be the America that other countries and other people think we are. <laughs> That's. That's what it comes down to. That's what it boils down to, for sure. Uh, Retribution is going to be a learned individual soon because he's going to be cl- he's going to be reading every fucking link on it. <laughs> he's going to go to. I assume he's talking about like the CoIntel Pro because I was scrolling back through the older comments. Uh, Clairvoyant Amnesiac on YouTube says, "At Adam Kokesh, you're an inspiration. This is Daryl Devens W using uh, using his alternative channel. That's cool." Appreciate support Chelsea Manning. Yeah, who's uh, who's, oh, yeah. who's forgot about Chelsea Manning? There's so many whistleblowers. That was one other thing I wanted to say, actually, when you guys were talking about that. It's interesting because, I mean, we need the whistleblowers. Not everybody can be a whistleblower, obviously. Only some people have the critical information necessary. You know what I mean? We need a bad guy to turn good guy is what it yeah. really boils down to, you know. Yeah, that's that's you know, and that's you know, there's been so many, I guess, moderate whistleblowers in in recent years, but you know, the media narrative is powerful, is very powerful to stifle 
those whistleblowers, like how quickly did Snowden become public enemy number one? You know, he was he became public enemy number one the the second, you know, the, the second that that hit, right? So that narrative <clears throat> and, and that's even, you know, I can tell you because I worked at the Pentagon that the the government crafts a careful narrative on all kinds of stuff. And the media is just the dissemination tool of the government. There's they're, no separation. They're the prostitutes for the politicians. Yep. They, they sell their their views. It's insane. Adam is having trouble reconnecting as well. I got Here's a treat for the audience because he's bugging me right now because I'm late. Hey, oh, buddy. Hey, Pokey, you want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> say hi. Say hi. He's bugging me so bad right now. He's got bringing me his rope. He wants to play. We usually play for a little bit after the show. And he's like, yeah, the show's been over. He know, my dog knows how to tell time. And my dog's like, the show's supposed to be over. What's going on, Dad? Here, I just attach it to my foot and let him pull on it. So we're back. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. That was Falcor, everybody. Most people in the audience know him. He's been on a couple times. Thanks, Retribution. He is a cutie. He's awesome. Uh, Chelsea, clairvoyant amnesiac on YouTube again. Chelsea is a real patriot for letting the U.S. people know that war crimes were being committed in their name. Collateral murder. Absolutely. That's perfectly well yeah. stated. And that's I mean, the bottom line of it. That's all it is. Yep. Indefinite torture is worse than death. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. the government I mean, has look us at, all under. So that's why they know, don't Ross, just kill us all. Ross... You know, Julian Assange, like the the absolute ridiculousness that exists from our government in making those folks political prisoners. And that's, you know, that you really got to re you really need to reconsider what what was so dangerous about them coming forward. There's nothing dangerous about it. It was it was the American people need to know that their government is acting out of representation, right? So if the government is doing something that a lot of us don't agree with, that they're acting out of representation. Oh, look who's okay, back. We got our fearless leader back. One, two, three. Welcome back. All right, now we go. Now, now at least I'm on screen. Yeah, so can't see them, you're good. Which probably means they can't hear me. I can hear no, you. Good. Yeah, we're good. You're good. You, oh, he can't hear us. Is oh, what's geez. happening. We can hear you good. Let's see. Oh, we can tell him. Oh man. Of course, my phone wants. Is this there. your AT and T one, or you're not AT and T one? We <laughs> I mean, Verizon, okay. hear and see. Yeah, that might be the point. Might be necessary. <clears throat> he's. I don't know if he's checking his Telegram. This is fun. He, I don't know. Uh, I'm a. Joey, just tell him the tart. To, well, I'm putting him down until he. <laughs> Can you hear talking. me? Can you hear me now? We we heard you. You're clear. You're... Just start talking. Just oh, finish up. Just finish your rant. You're good. Oh. I keep, well, I keep I keep pulling him off screen and then putting him back on to see if he'll notice. Can you hear us? You're good. You. Oh, now we can't hear him. Good grief. All right. So he can't hear us. We can hear him and see him. He's not even have a he doesn't even have a lag. But Joey, Joey, just tell him to start reason. talking. That's interesting. We hear Adam. Tell him to finish his thought, Joey. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Big K. I have not worked at Langley. I used to go there uh, frequently, though. You guys can hear me uh, now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we can hear you, yes. All right, thank you. Well, Ed says you can hear me now. So yeah. if you can hear me, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for holding the stage. And uh, can you put me full screen? Yes. If you can hear me, put me full screen. All right, there we go. So I guess uh, I, got, I got the counter going. Ed's saying it's coming through, so we'll just keep going with this. Um, thanks for bearing with us through what appear to be nothing more than technical difficulties. Who's to say? Thank you for confirming, Ed. I hear you. I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap this up then now that we're over three hours. I'm, I'm glad that everybody stuck with us and appreciate that this is a special episode and a special topic worth pursuing. <clears throat> so back to the COINTELPRO. I think I can wrap this up in, in, in just about five minutes. Uh, there is a section on their website or on the on the Wikipedia page for COINTELPRO that says, uh, titled, Later Similar Operations. While COINTELPRO COINTEL was officially terminated in April 1971, domestic espionage continued. No kidding. So then we go to the other section that I need to introduce here, methods. Number one, infiltration. Agents and informers did not merely spy on political activists. Their main purpose was to discredit, disrupt, and negatively redirect action. Their very presence served to undermine trust and scare off potential supporters. The FBI and police exploited this fear to smear genuine activists as agents. Two, psychological warfare. By the way, that, that makes me wonder about the whole Stuart Rhodes case, for example. Number two, psychological warfare. The FBI and police used myriad dirty tricks to undermine progressive movements. They planted false media stories and published bogus leaflets and other publications in the name of targeted groups. They forged correspondence, sent anonymous letters, and made anonymous telephone calls. They spread misinformation about meetings and events, set up pseudo-movement groups run by government agents, and manipulated or strong-armed parents, employers, landlords, school officials, and others to cause trouble for activists. They use bad jacketing to create suspicion about targeted activists, sometimes with lethal consequences. I think of how many relationships in our movement are, are not there for no good reason, possibly because of messages that were sent by such saboteurs. Three, harassment via the legal system. The FBI and police abused the legal system to harass dissidents and make them appear to be criminals. Officers of the law have perjured, gave perjured testimony and presented fabricated evidence as a pretext for false arrests and wrongful imprisonment. They discriminatorily enforced tax laws and other government regulations and used conspicuous surveillance, investigative, that's in quotes, investigative interviews and grand jury subpoenas in an effort to intimidate activists and silence their supporters. I think about how many activists have come and gone in my time. I have been a full-time activist one way or another since March 19, 2004, when we, or sorry, 2007, when we marked the, the fourth anniversary of the invasion of, of Iraq of March 19, 2003, with the, the march around the Capitol. I've seen so many burned out. Why? How, how many would still be with us? 
For illegal force, the FBI conspired with police departments to threaten dissidents to conduct illegal break-ins in order to search dissident homes and to commit vandalism, assault, beatings, and assassinations. The objective was to frighten or eliminate dissidents and disrupt their movements. Five, undermine public opinion. One of the primary ways the FBI targeted organizations was by challenging their reputations in the community and denying them a platform to gain legitimacy. Sound like libertarians with debates? Hoover specifically designed programs to block leaders from spreading their philosophy publicly or through the communications media. Furthermore, the organization created and controlled negative media meant to undermine black power organizations. For instance, they oversaw the creation of documentaries skillfully edited to paint the Black Panther Party as aggressive and false newspapers that spread misinformation about party members. The ability of the FBI to create distrust within and between revolutionary organizations tainted their public image and weakened chances at unity and public support. Back one more time before I wrap up to intended effects. One, and this is, by the way, the, F the intended effect of the FBI's COINTELPRO was to expose, disrupt, misdirect, or otherwise neutralize groups that the FBI official believed were subversive by instructing FBI field operatives to, one, create a negative public image for target groups, for example, through surveilling activists and then releasing negative personal information to the public, two, break down internal organization by creating conflicts, for example, by having agents exacerbate racial tensions or send anonymous letters to try to create conflicts, three, create dissension between groups, for example, by spreading rumors that other groups were stealing money. Number four, restrict access to public resources. For example, by pressuring nonprofit organizations to cut off funding or material support. Number five, restrict the ability to organize protests. For example, through agents promoting violence against police during planning and at protests. Number six, restrict the ability of individuals to participate in group activities. For example, by character assassinations, false arrests, surveillance now i'm still flying blind on this episode i can't see everything that's going on on the screen so who knows what's going on with this but i i want to point out that this is a conversation i have been meaning to have with our movement for years and saturday night i had the the honor with the help of a little maker's mark in mississippi to have a shorthand attempt at this conversation with interim chair of the Libertarian Party, Ken Mullman. I hope he watches this episode and sees this whole thing. And congratulations or my condolences for your victory, Miss Bill Yu, Whitney Bill Yu, current interim chair of the Libertarian Party. As of Saturday, Ken was acting interim chair. He is now back to normal elected vice chair, as I understand. I hope they both see this and understand the depth of what we are up against, because if we don't deal with this, nothing else matters. VLP can figure out this strategy and perfect that messaging and quell this internal debate or infighting over and over and over again, and we will forever remain neutered effective at about 3% or less. They're happy to manage us that way. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to all the known targets of COINTELPRO, the Young Lords, American Indian Movement, even the Ku Klux Klan, the National States Right Party, 
the new left, Students for a Democratic Society, the Weathermen, all of those protesting the Vietnam War, the National Lawyers Guild, the Women's Rights Movement, independence groups of Puerto Rico, Ireland, Cuba, uh, or Cuban exile movements, excuse me, Cuban nationalist movement, all the others that have not been identified yet, all of the anti-war activists, all of the libertarian activists, all of those standing up to the FBI, to the machine, to those in our movement who have been visited recently, like Ed Vallejo, to all the other notable people targeted, at least those listed on this page, where there's another main page category, COINTELPRO targets. So with this abbreviated list, Ralph Abernathy, Mumia Abu-Jamal, Muhammad Ali, James Baldwin, Judy Bari, H. Rapp Brown, Stokely Carmichael, Bunchy Carter, Eldridge Cleaver, Jeff Fort, Howard Bruce Franklin, Fred Hampton, Tom Hayden, Ernest Hemingway, Abby Hoffman, Erica Huggins, Jose Chacha Jimenez, Mohamed Kenyatta, Clark Kerr, Martin Luther King Jr., Stanley Levison, Viola Liuzzo, 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 Malcolm X, Jessica Mitford, Huey P. Newton, Filberto Ojero Rios, Mario Savio, Gene Seberg, Asada Shakur, Morris Starsky, John Trudell, and of course, the late, great John McAfee. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.